0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: In this talk, Ray and I take a closer look at the word transcendence. Language and perception of symbols are very important. We hear the word and how it's used oftentimes when it comes to awakening consciousness, but do we truly get what it takes to transcend and the fundamental process behind transcendence? In this conversation, we take the time here to reflect and give examples on everyday life, nature, and experiences so that we can see how many of the same principles of frequency and vibration in all things are parallel to one another in order to observe the balancing act on this scale of harmony and chaos in our reality. Through this process, we then can begin to understand the true function and meaning of transcendence and to continue that frequency in all things we think, feel, and do. Once we can do that and see the process for what it is, we begin to unlock the gates to all our potentials and capabilities to manifest the life journey we truly desire. What's going on everybody and welcome to the Daily Transcendence Podcast. I'm G.O.D. And I'm Ray. And we're your hosts. Take a journey with us into the realms of some of humanity's most inner thoughts and theories about what lies before us and beyond the other side. Take a step back with us from the day-to-day heavy burdens of this constant evolving life. From awakening the collective, astrology, the spiritual divine, holistic health, shamanism, and quantum theory, to the frequencies and vibrations of our universe, history, religion,
0: numerology, and so much more. We spend countless hours researching to bring you the breakdown of information from some of the greatest minds in these fields and even our own experiences. We're here to challenge your thoughts so that you can reshape your own minds and beliefs into ones that better serve you.
1: We hope you enjoy the discussions about the supernatural and the ancient knowledge that we have become so fond of and we wish to share with you so that it may also help you on your quest in this human experience for living let the transcendence begin godspeed and share on
0: like and subscribe to the daily transcendence on spotify apple podcasts and many more to show support for the show we ask you to join us on all social media platforms including facebook instagram twitter patreon and youtube there you can find more content updates on new episodes and more personal interactions from both geo and i we want to hear from you all and connect, so message us or email us at thedailytranscendence at com. As always, we entirely appreciate your support in allowing us to bring you this transmission. I think really it goes back to the truth is within, mm-hmm. right? So we start there. And to figure out the nature of consciousness, I think to me would be over flat earth. Mm-hmm. Flat earth's important if they lied about, the, you know, if it is... Uh, which obviously there's enough evidence and everything to say that it's not a globe. Um, There's just, it's just not uh, too much. But the thing is, is, okay, retroductive, right? Working backwards. Okay, we know it's not this, but now we can't say it is this. So a lot of what I feel with that stuff is take away, like, retroductive, Like, take away the things that don't make sense. So if something isn't proven, remove that from the fact list. And then re-weigh everything out again. Mm -hmm. You know, do we do that? You know, and I think that's where I give the flat earth community a little, like they did a good job with that, but it's the pushing of it is this. And I want to get away from that. And so understanding the nature of consciousness, I think to me would be more important. This mirror world we live in. Why? Because what if it is that with, and here's some of my theories, here's two of them. One theory being that, what if it shifts with the ages? Yeah. What if this is a realm, it's like putting in a new video game, or it's like uh, changing a level, mm-hmm. and with consciousness shifting and energy raising, what if in, maybe that's part of the 5D realm, right? That we talk, we always hear 5D, and, mm-hmm. and you know how I feel about that, but um, not that it doesn't exist, but it's the way it's approached. But what if that could be the thing, or they really could have skewed it, lied about it, and and it was for power stuff and all the cons- some of the conspiracy stuff could be absolutely correct. Yeah. But it's about being suspended about it. It's mm-hmm. suspending your beliefs. It's like the thing of 2022 now, like this is part of our mission statement. 2022 is all about suspending your beliefs, allowing yourself to stay in the area of speculation and continue to learn and continue to open your mind and continue to converse with people without being a schmuck.
1: Yeah. And I and I agree. I'm going to build off that because it's you know, if we're saying the shifting of an age, what a lot of, a lot of is said is that when there's a shifting of an age, it's shifting of consciousness, consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. So if there's a shift in consciousness, that means that the conscious observation of our reality is going to be what is determining. And maybe if it's enough collective conscious observe, uh, observing the reality in the sense that say the earth is a globe, then in our physical reality, that's what it becomes, but when you can transverse some of that uh, of, uh, of you know, time and space and understanding the, 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 the actuality of perception and understanding the collapsing of the wave in that sort of sense. I'm not even going to say collapsing the wave into a particle, but I'm saying collapsing that wave through consciousness in that sort of sense. Then, right. then you can start to see the alternate realities as well. And regardless, what that comes into is that understanding consciousness itself. So when everybody gets hyper focused, and and I know this is what you're saying too, but when everybody gets hyper focused on say this one aspect of 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 observing and having a, per, uh, a perception uh, and having perspective, you know, when we get absorbed into that, we're actually diminishing the whole other aspects that are that are around to be able to give us that way of breaking past that barrier of consciousness to be able to observe it, to understand that it's like, it is this, but it also isn't this, you know? And I think that's more of the important understanding, not whether it is this or if it's not this. And I like, and that that's where I'm almost where it can be where you play on language. You're playing on language mm. at that point. Cause it's like, yeah, but it is this right now in this sort of way, in that sort of way. And once again, you're still striving away past the point. I think the point is to understand It's like, okay, well, how is it this and not this at the same time? What do we really need to observe in order to understand that? And I think only certain certain things within maybe that area of what shapes the earth is going to give you that. And I think it's very minimal. I think that's where it comes to the point of looking at everything else as well, all things that is separate from that subject.
0: Well said. And I think the nature of reality – and how we're, we're, more more and more things come out and then we're starting to realize how much we don't know. And I don't know who said the quote, but it's like the more that you do know, the more you don't, Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the more you start looking deeper into things you realize we don't know shit. Mm-hmm. Um, we only know happenings, you know, things that occur, after the fact and a lot of okay some why but but then that that can shift that can change and how many times have we thought we had the answer and then it changes so what makes people think now that we have the answer what makes people think we've reached the conclusion and i think that's a lot of problem with even depression Mm -hmm. like people who get in that state of we i just know what life is already i'm i this is my experience and they lock themselves in and even people who know manifestation like they 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 lie that they'll lock themselves in a new paradigm now over here of oh i manifest and and they build an ego around that and then they they develop some reality construct and then to them it's reality but you don't know that if you have a massive paradigm shift and, sh- and see things completely different that it can change actually the whole reality you experience you don't i mean at, when we walk out of each other's awareness we don't know if we're, it it goes deeper than just, we share this, like, we're in the same realm, we share the same plane, but what if we do go to another place? You know what I mean? Like, we're in the same place, so it's, this is a little philosophical and basically a a rhetorical, you know, question, but it's like, what if, in a way, we have our own bubbles of reality, Mm -hmm. and then when we interact And we develop these energy strands, these energy cords through the ether that we share realities together. Mm -hmm. So that's why you have, say, Democrats and the way they see reality, like maybe they all turn on TV uh, and they watch things or go look for news. And we would say, oh, algorithms. Well, what if there's an algorithm to the universe that where when you share a reality with someone, if you're vibrating similarly, right, that you would see the same stuff the way that you all see it, coming back to the the elements of an egregore or pendulums and stuff like that. What if flat earth, what if round earth, what if any of this stuff are just all reality egregores and you really are experiencing what you truly believe and not what you think you believe, mm-hmm. what you kind of like call it, like what you would say, I know this is true or what you think you know, going back to subject subjective truth. So mm-hmm. we don't know how the realm works. We uh, The certainty aspect of humans it really makes them not likable. Yeah. And I, I,
1: I, I want to look at that in a certain way because, um, you know, it makes me think about, okay, so there's two opposites, right? If you want to put it that way too, there's a duality somehow you have this side and that side. And it's, I don't think I'm thinking in the sense of even natural, natural birth, right? You're not having one side kind of just create one reality. It doesn't feel like it's creating an element almost. And then there's the other side, but in order, but when it's combined, then it creates the actual reality. I feel like, and I think of that as like, um, say a man and a woman getting together them too, they can, they're not asexual creatures, right? And I don't know if this applies the same way in a more etheric sense when it comes to, say, something like uh, creating, you know, a shift in the pendulum or a paradigm or, you know, the egregore or something like that way, you know. But when they come together, they do create a unity of their expressions into a child. But you can also take that same sense and look at it as like, yeah, well, you still have some times where they create twins. So how would you express that of them creating twins? Um, as mm-hmm. what we were just saying of two opposing forces, whether it's, you know, conservatives versus liberals or flat earth versus uh, you know, round earth, like all, you know, all these different opposing sides. It's like, yes, majority of the time, I think they're creating the reality itself. Um, but the depiction of it, you know, th- that's that's where the question comes involved, where it's like, is it because one side is overpowering the other side? Is that the creation? Or is it just the the culmination of the two? different perspectives coming into that creates the unity of what they see you know mm. and that's why there's going to be elements within it that are going to be favorable for the one side or showing the expression of the one side and there's going to be some that are showing the expression of the other side but now if you took what i said about the whole man and woman come together making a child how would you explain that coming as twins i i don't have a specific thought on that but i'm also thinking in that sense in a, in a nature sense how would that even reflect in you know in reality with what we were just saying
0: Right, right. So there, there is co-creation going on at all times, and we still don't understand it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to me, I think that's that's where where if we shift that mindset, we evolve. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, the fact that you admit that you you don't have a thought on it yet. Well, good. You didn't bullshit us. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we all need to do. You know, when we when we can ask a question and and not be so afraid to not know the answer yeah. or feel stupid. You know, And I think it goes back to social engineering and conditioning where if you were in school and you failed and you saw the, the kids getting all the awards and whatever, and which, by the way, I do agree. I think you should earn things. Very mm-hmm. Capricornian thing they took out of schools is the participation trophies. I don't agree with that because mm-hmm. you're teaching people to lay down and uh, yeah. have things be given to them and they're, and they're conditioning. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is coming back from the way we grew up in the 90s, Uh, into the early 2000s going to school, I really think that we're conditioned to, we don't want to feel stupid. We don't want to be left behind. We don't want to, you know, fail. And um, you don't succeed without failing. I mean, it's just, it's just a rule. You don't learn how to ride a bike unless you fall off and get hurt. And maybe that, maybe some people don't experience that. Maybe they, they're, they're a natural, right? But Mm. yeah, there's naturals in everything. I picked up a guitar at age six, seven years old and, Began because it's in my family, my genetics. Um, so there's a co-creation going on at all times. But to think we know mm-hmm. the full process of that, there's there's where if you are certain, you're you're just you're not there. Yeah. And uh, we have to break out of that paradigm itself. We have to just unlearn everything we thought to be true, or we will perpetuate the reality we are existing in. And uh, if you've noticed now, it's like time is sped up, mm-hmm. and there's more synchronicity than ever. And I think to me that it, it, my hypothesis of that is that the energy is speeding up too, and that means our so is our manifestations. And uh, so it, it's it's going to be more and more prevalent to care about what you what you think you know, um, or how you approach it. What's the energy and intention you're putting into the things you know? Do you want to just be right? You know? Do you want to Dominate the other? Do you want to be the A plus student in school who got all the awards and all the you know the popularity yeah. and whatever? Is it for that or is it for yourself and your soul? And this is why I love the mirror concept of the universe that you can't lie vibrationally. So you're going to always get what you're asking for vibrationally, opposed to what you're asking for in words and thoughts.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's that is the paradigm. That whole social conditioning, whatever. Whether somebody wants to say it's under a type of egoic patriarchal type rule and stuff like that. I mean, I think that's the problem you were saying, even with, um, you know, being a go getter, you know, that whole thing. Uh, There's nothing wrong with, you know, working for um, an establishment of something or working for, you know, some sort of type of gain in a sense. But I think we become very focused on the achievement rather than the process. You know, it's like focusing, right. we're focusing very much on the achievement, the status of it, um, the, the, the pride behind what that means as it's identifying for yourself, like and that rather than really more so honing in on, and I don't think you could do this too much in the other sense as well. There needs to be a balance where it's like focusing on the process of it, which failure would be the process of it. You know, it's just that we don't, we're socially conditioned not to believe that failure is part of the achievement at the end of the day because we're so focused on the end goal rather than the process of it. And that goes right hand in hand with taking in the whole fact of there's initiative action, there's that energy, masculine energy, and then there's the feminine energy of you know, of being able to be receptive, let it culminate, grow, all that stuff, like the womb and everything. So, Right, you know, and the Aries the, Taurus. Yes, exactly, and that's the beauty of it.
0: Right. Yeah. The Aries Taurus. There, There is a pattern of masculine and feminine for a reason. It's the giving, taking, you know, creating and then receiving the creation and all that, letting it culminate, which is very important. And it's, it's, it comes back to natural law. Yeah. Mark Passio has great stuff. If anyone is interested, check out Mark Passio in his, in his podcasting, what the world, uh, what in the world's going on, or I forget. It's He just started doing it again. And I love his, his, his outlook on, on natural law. All of this stuff ends up going back to natural law, like go back, mm-hmm. it goes back to basics. Yeah. Uh, and, and we've gotten so far away from the basics. And hey, I mean, I, maybe it's part of the process. I totally believe everything we're experiencing right now needs to happen mm-hmm. from the conspiracy side of things uh, to the societal, economic. And when you look at astrology, it tells that same story. And see, my big question to a lot of people. Uh, and, and especially the truth community, is do you consider the fact that some of it is, you know, the it is the natural occurrence and the story of the matrix playing out, opposed to everything being a conspiracy to be a conspiracy? What if these bad guys are not conscious at all and that they are doing it on this uh, soul-level impulse because they're playing a role for yet the story of evolution to be played. Like, can we consider that? Is that a problem? You know, to consider the fact that a lot of this stuff uh, that we call evil isn't evil, but a necessity. And uh, I think a lot, of, a lot of this fighting back, I mean, a lot of it's good, revolution and all that, awesome. But also the fear side of it, to me, it's the fear of death. You mm-hmm. know, it's the fear of being insecure. Yeah. It's the fear of being left behind And needing things, needing people, needing, need, 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 Mm -hmm. need. It's like, well, that's big in the truth community of need. Mm -hmm. You know, I need to have the attention. I need people to listen to me. I need to know it's a conspiracy. I need to know there's a bad guy. We're living in lack. That case. Yeah, all the time. And then mm-hmm. we wonder why we don't come together. We don't want we don't, you know, we we wonder why there's we never get a win. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, maybe it's just the energy we're putting out and then we just have to kind of lighten the fuck up. You know, like lighten up yeah. and open your mind and stop focusing on just the bad guy. If you believe in manifestation out there, right? If you believe that you manifest your reality, what do you think you get when you're constantly focusing on fear and the bad guy?
1: Yeah. That's you know not only are you living in lack in that in that sort of way which we could get into but I mean it is this overall thing of not being able to have an acceptance to even understand that hey however you've been going through life and what you thought life was about maybe is part of the reason why you're experiencing the obstacles you're you're experiencing you know it's not just some defect in yourself it's not just some some the man keeping you down it's not just you know what i mean like there's there's a lot to it that actually is in your control rather than feeling so help help uh helpless and shit like that that's the big problem and i think that's where what leads us into this whole conversation that we're going to have today about this whole um you know seeing the reflection of what is transcendence in everyday life how this applies to our spiritual selves you know
0: right right yeah i uh as I've studied and studied and researched and unbiasedly, and I just, I don't don't do this for a side. I don't even do this for this podcast to succeed. I don't do it for anything else other than the discovery of truth. I think succeeding in anything you're doing comes with this organic, authentic approach. You know, like I let something like our podcast grow naturally through the vibrations we put out being authentic, because then we're going to attract the authentic response. You know what I mean? Even if it comes back negative, it's still real feedback, you know, it's not to fear that, right? To see your true um, so like self and sense of self in the reality you experience every day. And through the research, unbiased research, and that's why I made the point that I don't do this to pick a side. I don't do this for someone to to believe what I'm saying. I don't do this to try and start some cult nonsense. But my true thing is, is we have to learn to see the, the, the beauty and synchronicity within our own lives first. We have to understand the nature of life first within ourselves and with our own experience before we can then look out there and start pointing the fingers at things that we think is causing the problem when yet there are theories and concepts and, and it's a lot of uh, the religious texts and religious texts and the fact of like not using organized religion and going to a church, but just the, if you understand the allegorical sense of these things mm-hmm. that they teach us that the kingdom of heaven is within. And if you look at that in an allegorical sense, it's in here. Mm-hmm. And then if, if, if you me- meld and mesh that with the idea that you create your own reality and put vibrations out and then manifest the world you experience every day, well, let's go back to that biblical line, right? The mm-hmm. kingdom of heaven is within. So if you don't have a kingdom of heaven within you, if you don't, if you haven't reached the, the holy land in yourself, haven't gone to the East, meditated to the right brain and have let go of all beliefs, concepts, and paradigms and allow the universe to flow through you, that might sound spiritual woo-woo. It's not. Um, then through that process first, you can understand the nature of life and you start to begin to see things a lot differently. And you realize that a lot of the stuff that's happening in my eyes are two things. One, there's this matrix story being played out and you have the braille in the sky for the spiritually blind, the astrology telling the story of the energy and the way it's talking to us playing out through consciousness, you know, and I completely forgot the other reason and I'll have to channel it back later, but, (laughs) but, but, but like that, that's, to me, it's just we do have a destiny. There's a destiny factor. There's a free will factor. But it's also the awareness of it all and how it processes and works and how the reality mirrors back to us is more important than who's the bad guy first. Yeah. The other point was is are we creating some of the story through and through that free will factor? Are we making these bad guys more powerful through the— through the uh, act of focusing our intent towards them and stopping them. If you feel like you need to conquer a bad guy, the universe needs to to create a bad guy for you to conquer. And maybe that bad guy is within all of us. Yeah. So something that, you know, like food for thought, like something to consider. Yeah, absolutely.
1: That would make sense even with like intrusive thoughts and stuff like that. Um, but that's the thing, like, I think hearing a lot of this stuff or seeing it or being exposed to it. Sometimes we can take it in as being like too advanced, too advanced for us. But like understanding, no, it's not, it's really not. But the way you're going to understand that a lot of the times, especially if this is, you know, you're just being introduced to certain things. And even if it's just conspiracies, it's like to break it down and understand, like, hold on, like, let's just get back to basics let's just get get back to basics of observing our everyday things that we do experience because that has the most information to us. We have our senses to go off of when it comes to things we experience. And remember to looking, looking at the, when we're observing those, those, you know, experiences and stuff, remembering to look at it down on a elemental level for ourselves and like on a nature level of what we do know, what we do can say and test out ourselves to experience and be like, okay, that does happen. You know, fire has this sort of, you know, expression to it. So does water, so does air, so does earth, you know, so does the ether. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so if we're going to, if we're going to make everything seem so advanced in a lot of these teachings and everything and stuff, get back to the basics of that understand Hmm. it that way, understand it in the flow in that sense, and maybe how it could even work in whatever that thing is you're comparing it to in the experience of your observation. And then reflect it also back inward within yourself of these are certain things that can occur in my body and how they happen. And when you develop this type of inner knowing and then this visual as well on top of it, you begin to start changing the lens that's over your eye almost. And sure, some people will say, calling it your third eye or or activating your third eye and therefore you'll have like this x-ray vision and I'm making it sound very uh, superhero-ish because of the sense that that's something that resonates with us. We can see in superhero villain uh, videos and everything that That's the aspect, that it's this coming to, this enlightenment and this knowing and stuff so that we can have that sort of vision in everyday life and what we experience. And that's when you begin to actually have the transcendental process through all things, which gives you the ultimate transcendental experience one way or another. It could be soon. It could be later down in life. That's not – the achievement of that is not the focus. It's the process of it that's the focus.
0: Uh, I have this thing too with uh, adding on to what you just said mm-hmm. with with the point of transcendence and immediately comes to mind when people heal, people hear words mm-hmm. when they hear words and they hear something like transcendence in my third eye right i immediately picture other people seeing it as they don't even know what they're thinking when they think it they think mm-hmm. of probably like light moving above something mm-hmm. jesus um there's not a clear cut definition to what transcendence is. Do we know what these words mean? I watched a Ken Wheeler video and he goes, every time I talk, every 30 seconds, stop, pause, and really think about what I just said. How mu- how many of us do that, right? Like yeah. how many of us actually sit back and think and don't approach the thought process with a pre uh, predetermined paradigm of, I'm going in with an assumption, I'm going in with a, a foundation and a belief system. And of course you need some to an extent, so don't, I'm not trying to exaggerate that, but more so of when you hear the word transcendence, what do you really think? You know, when you hear certain words, um, nirvana, Mm -hmm. you know, what do you really hear? What and and what I'm saying is, is when you when you hear the word and it it hits your brain and you uh, analyze it, what are the images and what are the things that come up? And have you ever really fully studied Mm -hmm. your own mind and your own, you know, concepts and stuff? And do you really understand this thing these things? Because when it comes down to transcendence, I like to simplify and say you're moving above something to see it from the full 360. Mm-hmm. You're seeing it from the above, right? You're moving above it so that you're not no longer under it. That's why with like, be careful with words. When you understand something, it's above you. You know, I love Savan Bomar's thing on inner standing because you're yeah. going within to inner stand a, uh, a, the the topic at hand and the words and the and the and the and the, the, con- the concepts. Mm-hmm. And so do we really, something to ask ourselves, yeah. do we really understand what we hear? And is it coming from this unbiased, mm-hmm. predetermined paradigm that we've developed over time? That's, th- that's the whole, you have to unlearn to learn. In those processes, when you just heard us talk for, for 10 minutes and he mentioned, I mean, the word transcendence comes up. What did you think? Ask yourself those questions. It's something I've le- learned <coughs> learn to do the past few years doing this work. And when I said, Gio, when we had that conversation and you agreed to, you know, we wouldn't go back. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's a key element why I wouldn't go back to add to that, that I've learned to listen intently. Mm-hmm. And then also, and that's where, you know, that, that whole speculate thing that we're on right now and probably will be on forever because it's so important is to, to speculate and, and go within and see, well, what am I getting out of this? What am I getting out of everything that I'm listening to? Did I understand the words that just came out of their mouth? Mm. You know, yeah. in my own way, in my, in a way that helped me, it fed me, not egotistically, not to feed your agenda, nothing like yeah. that. Did you understand? I almost just said it. Did you understand it? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. do, you come to, do you come to this inner
1: phenomenal like gnosis within yourself that it flows through you? And it's like this once again goes back to that whole thing of, it's about it's about really being able to in a healthy way go th- go through and um go through the process and really be able to in- embody yourself in the process and have that inner knowing to be like this is for my overall betterment and my overall betterment will create betterment without I will I will emanate that so Mm. that's that's the achievement if anything you're still once again your focus is not on that achievement though or like you were saying right it's not about your achievement about sitting there like this end result because I want to become enlightened because I want to be a guru because I want to be a ascended master like no it's 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 like yeah you can have that inner desire but it's through the process of the desire I think that's that's the desire that is probably going to, in our language, going to make it the more healthy, balanced way of approaching it. And that's Mm -hmm. the thing about language. As we've seen, language can be very dangerous or it could be very uh, you know instrumental to our ascension, whatever you want to call it, our awakening, our enlightenment in that sort of way. Um, Because the entire reality that we're in is made up of symbolism, that we all view the symbolism no matter what it is. And there is a sort of, deeper understanding of whatever, whatever that thing is, because it's our observation and our definition to it. And the many, 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 many mouths that language has gone through that have spoken into existence. So that's why we have to understand and also be choiceful with our words, be choiceful with our thinking too. You know, it doesn't just happen in our physical reality it happens in our internal reality too. So it's right. pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. And it's something to be mindful about. I think that's the importance of what we're really missing when we're talking about mindfulness. I think that's what we're really missing when we talk about acceptance. You know, we're not taking it on a deeper level. We're just taking it from these, you know, quick relationship experiences of, you know, my parents. And and don't get me wrong. That's important. Very important to look at that because you got to look at those shadow sides and stuff and understand the process that happened to kind of get you where you are. Not that the external thing that happened is the process. It's the process of in which you took it in and went with it and ran with it, you know? And remember that there is choice there. There is choice in our decisions that led to one thing to another thing to another. So it's like, of course, that's important, but to get away from maybe just some of these superficial type relation uh, experiences in order to understand ourselves as people maybe does need to come from more of a different naturalistic side Rather than some shrink or some psych trying to tell you that, you know, this is, this, is, this is what's going on because of our studies of how many people have done this and stuff like that. And because what we've defined it, another symbolism of this diagnosis, rather than understanding that the healing element, the process of healing is the thing of which that you're trying to achieve. So don't work on the achievement because of I want to be healed so I could do this. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a long line process, but once again, you could just get back to the basics.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, and you you know, we could have hours and hours of talks like this, and which we love to do. So of yeah. course, we can get into complexities. There's no problem with that. But it is just a reminder that when you are listening to anything with the layers and layers of complexity and so called facts and all of this stuff, to then remember when you go back into real life experience that it's back to simple, simple, uh, simple ways to to apply yourself. And it has a lot to do with self-awareness and intentions and stuff like that. So developing a self-awareness is so important. And when you said said the word mindful, immediately in my mind, it's like, well, maybe there's a play on words we could shift. Hmm. In a way, you have to be mindless. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Because if you're mindful and your mind is full of shit, (laughs) then, you know— that's what you're going to get, right? So yeah. I think to get to a more authentic and genuine state of mindfulness, we do have to get mindless mm-hmm. first. Yeah. Get out of the mind. Get out of the way we've perceived things our whole life. And when we do that, we could start seeing things different. And I, I do think, too, also that you build a muscle now for compassion and the ability to really listen. Let things hit your brain and not be reactive or don't just wait to respond when you're listening because then you're not listening. You're waiting to respond, right? So it's, it's like our approach to everything is just so – it's, it is superficial, and so now we have to, to evolve. I think up to this point, we've evolved in a natural state of where the, the nature has done a lot for us, and maybe this has happened with past uh, um, ancient cultures and stuff, that you get to a point where evolution's on you, you know, and that's where I think we are. Evolution is on us. We have the decision now. We were given this brain, this willpower, this mind— to experience this place now, and we are in a time where it is on us. There's no more of it's done for me. And if you see, uh, look out into the world, you can see the whole mindset of I want this done for me. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to think for myself anymore. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to follow my passions. I want it done for me. That's where you're coming in saying with the you're thinking of the end result, you're thinking of the achievement. Mm. And if you think you're just going to get the achievement without proper work, well, you're conditioned to then be given things. And that's a big issue right now. And politically, which, and I'll make this clear, I'm on no side. I'm an independent thinker. I do not associate with any egregore of politics. I care about humanity. But when you come to one side specifically, and we know, I think we would know who they are, is they're trying to get it to where, they're creating a docile world, a socialist world of things done for you. Mm -hmm. And it's going to create, a docile and, hmm. and infantile world. It's going to yeah. digress humanity. It is up to us to evolve. Yeah. And so when we realize that, then we could start really truly uh, begin to, you know, take our, our situations and better them for mm-hmm. the sake of expanding our consciousness at making the world a better place, creating real sustained and established relationships. But until then, until we think... You know, and by the way, that, that, that definitely relates to the manifestation community as well. Things being done for you. Mm-hmm. No effort, no work. Looking no for a com- shortcut. Yeah, no communication. None of that. You, you, want, you, you have an entitlement problem. And that's my problem with a lot of that, right? So this goes holistically to all groups, all cultures, all things that we have to get out of the mindset of welfare.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that whole docile type attitude, what comes with that after going through it enough? Eventually, I think any person in that docile nature will eventually see that all things that maybe they once desired or that they were trying to achieve will be stripped of them. the, the, the That will not be their priority anymore. Survival will be their priority, and they would have to understand that in order to survive, I need to do things in the desire of whatever is above me telling me that I have to desire. I have to desire to do this in order to survive, which it's not your desire. It's whatever that thing is. Say if it's something like socialism, it's somehow that type of power was concentrated in one specific group or one specific entity or one specific person. And now, all of a sudden, the things that you wanted to do, you thought that you what you thought this equal type of way of receiving and being provided for would do for you, when you have those extraordinary imaginations and those, those things you wish to achieve and stuff, there's a glass ceiling now placed on top of you and you no longer are able to achieve those. So therefore, the meaning of which you do things is now destroyed. Now you are going to be doing things simply for survival and to be obedient in a sense of doing things of how your master is telling you to do. Now that is, you know, once you get to that point, that is an extreme. But like I said, I think on the path to certain things where we think that just one way is going to cut it. I think that's the danger that we see in the long run is that type of, that type of uh, suppression, basically oppression, whatever you want to call it, you know? And I think that's the things we need to get real with and have acceptance to understand that not one way is going to achieve this sort of utopian ideal. Like it's not. And I don't think necessarily a utopian ideal under the circumstances of materialism is going to ever be a good idea, ever. Not until we come into this collective understanding of our own humanism, and true humanism and its connection to nature that it is part of nature you know we always hear people always i'm trying to get one with nature you are nature why are you trying to get one with it it's that's that illusion of separatism right yeah. once again yeah. so i mean i think that's the thing that takes a consideration that's why i want to say mindful people once again might even take mindful and think that it's like oh you have to be able to have all these thoughts and stuff no it's you need to be able to mind your mind Mind yeah. your manners, mind your mind, mind yourself in that way. You know what I mean? And, and the mind is, and like what you're saying is that you definitely need to make sure when you're minding your mind with the mind, you got to make sure that mind is clean. And how do you clean it? And I think yeah. a lot of what we talk about and stuff is part of the process of it because we are right. once again, actually remembering our entunement with nature by looking at it through ourselves. It's all a reflection
0: well and and greatly said because back to my point with transcendence the word yeah. when you when when and that's why i kind of like nicked at it mm-hmm. right like when you heard mindful before what did you really think yeah. and now you're pointing that out right mm-hmm. and so but it it would i think when i say mindless too to reiterate right mm-hmm. it's i'm saying to get if you want to become mm-hmm. one with nature right yeah that when you're becoming mindless yeah, you're allowing nature to flow through you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that state of meditation. It's that state, it's that flow state. If you're in the sports, anybody out there, go look up the flow state. There's also a book called Flow, I think, or Flow State, and uh, Kobe Bryant used to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, the flow state, and uh, a lot of sports guys, they get into a state where they're. You could see it in their eyes on yeah. TV. You're releasing. You know?
1: You're releasing this this type of uh you know resistance to the physical and stuff like that's where that whole mindlessness. That's that whole you can relate that to stillness. It's getting to that singular point that we all, all of creation, all of creation, all of nature has in common in order to become in harmony and become in balance with it. And then what manifests through that will be a more united type of energy that's coming through rather than trying to create through the resistance of our physical reality. Because yes, you can rub two things together, it creates fiction and it creates fire. You know what I mean? That is two things going head to head that are, Creating something sometimes, sometimes necessary. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's necessary. But in order for maybe our own understanding, our own evolution, and our own releasing of our anxieties and worries and stresses in the world, I think it comes down to having that stillness, having that mindlessness. You know, in order, but you can't keep, you can't stay in that. Once again, you can't completely That's just where stay mindful comes in that. In. Yeah. That's where the mindful comes in, where it's like, okay, now I've cleansed the mind, and now I'm minding my mind with that cleansed mind. Therefore the logic comes back in. Therefore but what what did we do? We went back to the mother. We went back to the root. We went back to God, whichever one you want to call it. You went back to that omnipresent mm-hmm. moment in order to cleanse, in order to even maybe sometimes people receive, they receive information through that through that center and it becomes a source of logic. It becomes an energetic cord uh, through and tapping into and hitting a neuron and going through the whole electrical grid of the 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 brain and the body and everything, and that's how mm-hmm. we get into this physical reality and we get moving and we get creating and we get doing things again, rather than just waiting for something to happen for us, waiting to be saved or waiting to die.
0: I'm glad you also said the you know the the water uh, mm. aspect. Uh, talking about elements about and, well, you, well, when you said mother, I thought water. Mm. Um, or, or the a state of allowing, for yeah. me, reminds me of flowing water, I guess. So maybe the I was actually saying the embryonic it. fluid. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and I guess when you were, you were saying all that stuff with the, the mother and returning back to God and all that, and we always make God this patriarchal guy in True. the sky, when yet True. it's it's definitely it's definitely both gender. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. even a gender. It's, Her- it's energy. It's It's holistic, but what what came to mind with the state of you? Well, because you know you know what you said about washing. That's what you you said. Washing the cleansing the mind. That's that's what I associated with water. That's the baptism. That was you've read my mind. (laughs) So that that's no, that's exactly great. And uh, that's that's my my point with then even the Bible and Mm -hmm. religion is when you look into the allegorical sense of religion and you look into you know uh, understanding all that stuff in that book is I'm just going to say it is, you know, uh, I'll, I'll have book. my stance. It is about us and our consciousness. It is not a history uh, mm-hmm. history book. And when you see it, when like oh, when people get so offended, it's like whoa, 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 whoa. Like if you understand what I'm saying, mm-hmm. it becomes it proves the existence of Jesus. Yeah. It it it, it proves the existence of God. It, with the obsession and the you know, like that people get turned on by making it a historical yeah. fact. When yeah. yet when you understand the allegory of say baptism, that where in the mind, you know, reading the Bible, like uh, the, when, when they're talking about the earth, they're talking about the mind. And when it, it, when there is the, uh, the, the flood, mm-hmm. uh, they, w- what that means allegorically is there is a flood inside your mind. You're washing away, you're baptizing yourself and washing away. And the story of Noah is building yourself an ark of meditation to then ride the storm. And with all the animals playing this symbolic sense of all of the thoughts and the things and the, mm-hmm. the things that are close to your soul yep. on the ship with you while you're washing away and flooding the mind of all the chaos on the earth. Then rising into the third state of stage of consciousness being the air, which is why they say in the Bible, you're gonna meet Jesus up in the air because in the third stage of consciousness, there is no thought. You're mm. up in the air. of, And so we have to learn to see things symbolically. No. But we're so, you know, we have such hard-ons for one, and that's why we're really pressing this today, is people being so certain about what they believe and not having an open mind and not having the ability to listen and hear a way of presenting something. Now, did I say that it would be impossible that historically that book isn't real? Uh, I'm just saying it's not probable. You know, mm. if you would like to believe that, I'm not attacking that belief. But to hear what I'm saying you know i'm i'm being adamant about the fact that do religious people listen to what i just said you know and this is where we need to stop going well if you're not going to listen i'm not going to listen that's false i have yeah. listened i've listened i went to ccd i went to i got my communion i got my confirmation i went through it i have a family that's religious i'm not against religions but i'm i but look if i gave you a hammer and instead of building a house you hit your neighbor over the head and killed him with it i would say you're probably not using that correctly And the same thing with religion is like, that's kind of like what we do. Instead of building the house, building the foundation, building the temple, Mm -hmm. we're just bombing our next door neighbor with it. And so our perspectives and perceptions are so crucial, uh, intentions as well, so crucial to the way we experience life and the way we affect other people. And there's also another point, right? Relationships, it's like, what effect are you having on other people? Do you ask yourself that question? And it all roots back to the way you think. So the, the, it, it becomes, this is why it's in everyday transcendence. This is why things happen, uh, you know, every day is in the transcendental experience if you choose to have it that way, to move above the way you've seen things yesterday.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't
0: that simple to understand, right? So it doesn't have to be this woo-woo in a meditation lotus, I'm transcending and entering the state of nirvana. Cool, it's all real, but I, I'll rip on that just as much as I just did religion. Like, get your head out of your ass, because it's legit, you're you're taking things almost too seriously in the wrong manner. And why do I say that? Look at the results. Yeah.
1: That's we don't it. have no world have peace. No- we have
0: poverty and hunger and people dying, more blood yeah. being spilled. So is your meditation truly saving the world, or mm-hmm. is it just easing up your, you know, your is it calming your nerves and making you feel like more of a spiritual ego? Yeah. It's just getting you know? you, it's getting what's it doing? Day. Where's your results? You know, mm-hmm. Bob Proctor. Um, talking about paradigms and the law of vibration. You know, you want to know what you're manifesting. Look at the results. Mm-hmm. Nothing else needs to be said. So, how does your life look? You know, how's your relationships look? How does mm-hmm. your 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 career and your and your outcomes to everything you put yourself into? What's your what's your results? And if you just think, and this is why manifestation stuff is so it, it, it's difficult for me to even stomach anymore because these people are like they're they seem to not be improving a lot of you know, parts of their life. And there are people out there, by the way. I'm not, you know, so you know who you are if you you do it in a way where you would agree with me. But it's like manifestation, they're trying it. And if they're not getting the results, they're like, either it's bullshit or I'm not doing it right or I'm a failure. Like it ends up actually playing against you if you also don't see it correctly. So the point of like really trying to establish this and us make our point on this is because, you know, we're concerned. Is it harming us or is it bettering us? Look Mm -hmm. at the results. Yeah, exactly.
1: I think that a lot of these ideals, especially like uh, religious type of deals, they um, and along with many others, which, you know, we can get into that, you know, you have even just how the pharmaceutical and medical industry, how they've kind of come about. And they're one of the largest grossing, you know, corporations or entities, you whatever you want to call it, that has such a determinative factor on our lives, you know, especially with, you know, that's mixed now with you know, military type type industrial complex type shit. So, you know, these ideals when we come to these definites, especially even in science and in just our own thinking and especially with religion, we end up almost stunting our growth. You know, there is no, you know, creation and when creation started and you know now all of a sudden we're here, it's not ended. It's not ending. It keeps going. Energy can't be created or destroyed in that way. So you know what I mean? So it's going to keep going. There is no endpoint. So to think that this is the definite answer and stuff uh, of say, you know, however we view certain medical or scientific things and stuff like that's it's limiting. It's limiting to our process of which we're going to go through no matter what. We're just creating a further resistance on it as well. So it's just it's just crazy to see how the limited thinking comes in. Um, and I think it is also for the sense of you know, yes, laziness. Uh, I think we've gotten lazy. We have everything so immediately uh, processed and given to us as well. You know, we don't have to do a lot of the work. I know I said this on a past episode, but we don't have to do a lot of the work for something. We want something. We got to buy something. It, we could have it delivered to our house. You know, we have to figure out a mathematical equation. We have calculators and computers to do it for us as, as well, rather than having to really work the mind, work the brain, you know, work those types of ways of being able to pull the answer. So, you know, if we also go off what Dr. Joe Dispenza says, how, you know, thoughts are outside of ourselves and our thoughts are not our own thoughts. And we're pulling from this ether of information and pulling in our thoughts. Uh, if I said what I just said is that's what's occurring where we're having everything processed and given to us. We're, learning, we're we're forgetting the process of being able to go into our intuition to go reach out and actually pull in that answer. So we're disconnecting from the that ultimate intelligence as well. So, I mean, that's something for, I think a lot of people that are, even in the spiritual community, they, they need to understand, you know, they've made this, 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 uh, movement against religion. A lot of them I see, and that's the other part of it that kind of like, you know, grinds my gears a little bit. It's like, I see this movement away from religion and this denouncing of religion and all this stuff as well too. But in the same sense, all I see is when you look at the fundamental principles and practices of their teachings or whatever they do or their process and stuff, all they're doing is taking the principles of basically the religion that they're denouncing in the left and therefore creating their own. That's a cult. That's a cult. Just as much as not you know, certain religion, a cult, a cult, a cult. There's a multiple cult. cults. They're just taking certain things and changing the names of it. Just the way a lot of religion has done too. So you're just mirroring that same cycle of consciousness and creation. That is that based off of that patriarchal type identity and everything of being able to diminish, uh, diminish the process and being like, no, I'm the one who's going to achieve the answer. I got this. We have it this way. We know the right way. So this is how everybody's going to do things. And that's how it should be rather than being like, you know what? We're going to come into this information, transcend it, digress, be able to see all moving parts of it. And therefore we're going to come into this processing of the information, not right away. Just being like, okay, I unwrapped it and everything here it is. I'm going to go run with it. Like, no, let's sit with it. Figure it out for your, like, how does it truly process and work for within yourselves? Is it working? Is it even working? What is it doing? What are the results? Like you said, the whole Bob Proctor thing, what are you seeing? Look at your actual outside experiences. It really is. Look at your own thinking. You may be able to put up a front even on the outside. So you got to be careful with even reflecting on where you're at and be like, oh, well, I got my own place. I got this. I do that. I do this stuff. It's like, that may not necessarily mean that you're having the extreme right process going on. You can be having very intrusive thoughts. Still, you could be having uh, certain stresses and anxieties, which are causing, you know, inflammation in your body and pain and all this stuff and disease. So, you can't also judge on that sense of just the outside experience, just your physical reality in this material world. You have to also mm-hmm. see it by how you feel, how you believe, how you think, how you act and interact with other people. It's a deeper level than
0: that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and moving on from this, I, I want to really touch up on some things with and uh, showing people uh, more mm-hmm. of the matrix code. And I think we want to we do this uh, more often, at mm-hmm. least have little segments of showing synchronicities. And it has a lot to do with just how the occult, how the hidden things are in everyday uh, experiences. And uh, a lot of it's on the stage of the world itself. And if we could see the bigger ones, we can learn to see the smaller ones, right? So if we, we learn to see the the... Uh, bigger picture synchronicities and the playouts of the matrix, where we think, because well, a lot of people, when they think they like things repeat, they land on certain days. There's a certain numerology, uh, yada yada yada. The creeps use astro- use astrology to do these rituals. I'm not saying they don't but i'm also saying that there is this element that we have to learn to accept that the matrix has its own language and a lot of it might actually be through consciousness of of us of ourselves we might be manifesting it and what the universe does is it it, it talks to us through through symbols and and people and and, and experiences and language and all of that it, it it has a way to show us things and so uh, i grabbed a few things and by the way i grabbed this off a uh, uh, bill donahue's website hiddenmeanings.com. meanings.com and d- don't mind the uh, uh, I'm very anal about how my notes come out, and Evernote will not put these pictures in the middle, so it makes me very upset, but it's okay. That's just my Virgo mm-hmm. midheaven talking some shit. So I bring this up because there's there's synchronicity every day in our lives, and if you have the eyes to see, you will see it, right? Um, and so for me, what unlocked this was seeing certain synchronicity Uh, and especially in synodic cycles and astrology and synodic cycles meaning every time Saturn and Pluto come together there's a plague (coughs) in Capricorn so and and so why is it these things happen all always at the same time is it conspiracy is it the is it the creeps is it the elite is it the Illuminati is it the Knights Templar is it this is it that yada 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 what what if it's there's a deeper layer what if there's a transcendental layer beyond all this and if you're not seeing this on screen and listening to the podcast I have a page up Uh, and it's titled all the world's a stage and it's, it it begins with a picture of Obama being a black president with a Muslim name and his name was Barack Obama, right? We know that Barack Hussein Obama. Now in 2012, the prophecy says that this earth's current living values will culminate. We have the amazing, uh, Pakal Votan prophecy concerning 2012, which is obviously playing itself, itself out in our lifetime and right before our eyes. Uh, there's also something else interesting, uh, uh, and, and Bill asked the question, who is writing the script? It seems that someone somewhere is dil- dil- diligently orchestrating all of this. Now, immediately, conspiracy theorists jumping out of their bathtub with a rubber ducky, throwing in my way, and I'm dodging it. Because, uh, no, get your head out of your ass again. Because you it, that's assumption. Like, have you heard these things and considered these things? And if you have, and look, you've worked it out. Like, and if you really think humans can orchestrate all of this, I mean... I think you're a little nuts because everything's just too perfect. They, w- they picked this guy when he, when he was born and named it's too him much this credit, and it, it just too much credit to humanity when yet there's something more beautiful and big going on. And it. yes, it is in, including negative things, but negative is just a construct that us humans have created. Um, Cause in the end, it could all be for evolution and we have to start considering that. So yeah, he talks about uh, the president's full name is Barack Hussein Obama. Uh, It seems as if this is orchestrated by somebody, doesn't it? Some may think this is stretching it a bit, but remember, if this is coming from the higher photon, meaning the higher light, meaning God, meaning the matrix, uh, uh, or the architect or creator, the source of the matrix, higher photon, then it is up to being attentive to all the clues that come our way. We are in a drama, and there is a director, and you should be following the clues. The key to understanding life and the nature of life is for us as human beings to understand that existence is a form of drama." Things are orchestrated for us so we may experience and learn. Strange things occur that have happened before. The play seems to go on with different actors playing out their parts, and we are part of that play. Uh, But things don't just happen by accident. We think that everything is something that just happened from out of nowhere, but that is not true. Or I'll add that some of us think it's all orchestrated by humans themselves, Hmm. which I'm not saying some of it isn't. Of course, there is. uh,
1: That whole order out of chaos thing. You know, it, 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 right. right away, we have this Masonic uh, Illuminati type association. But when you Jesuit really Order. observe I'll really observe the language of it, uh, even the Latin, if you want and go back to it and stuff. But when you observe the actual phrase itself of what it's saying is that that is the intellectual property of our nature of reality, that it's there is a drama unfolding through the through the chaos that's going on that has this sort of, uh, you know, synodic type way of, of creating form and having some sort of order to it. And therefore it's the living in that chaos and being with whatever is the order type flow.
0: Right. Which actually would then be order and not chaos. Yeah. And, and there's no such thing as chaos mm-hmm. then yeah. at that point. Right. Like we, we, that's just a per perspective, you know, or a yeah. perception that we experience thinking it's chaos and mm-hmm. thinking everything's at random. Yeah. When yet there is order out of chaos. That's like looking at our
1: own bodies and being like, we know that there's a lot of order going on in our body with all our systems that are that are working with each other and stuff. Like that. all that's going on. 10 a.m.
0: On. there could be a lot of chaos yeah. you're
1: experiencing. True, I, that too. <laughs> on the you know? toilet. Especially with a cup of coffee in the morning. Right. Um, but... <laughs> But that's the thing. There's a lot of order going on there. There's a lot that you don't have to tell your lungs to keep breathing and stuff like that. And you know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of order, but outside of you and life, because everything just seemed very chaotic and stuff. You wake up, you got kids running around the house, throwing shit and, you know, literally or not, but, you know, they're throwing shit around and stuff, toys everywhere. It could seem Are you chaotic. talking
0: about the Democrats with the vaccines or?
1: Oh, uh, t- uh, well, I mean, you got that too.
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, actual fucking kids.
1: I mean, it could also be. Or know. is it the rich rep- It's the Democrats that are home with their kids because they're not Oh, okay. And this is nothing against, nothing at all against (laughs) stay-at-home moms or single mothers at all because I come from a single mother. Canceled,
0: dude. You're canceled, right?
1: Yeah, don't cancel me on that shit. I'm talking about you don't got a job. That's the only thing I'm saying. Your job is the parent. I understand. watch the
0: Bill Burr thing about (laughs) stay-at-home
1: moms. (laughs) I mean, I saw that, yeah. I actually just Mm -hmm. watched that recently
0: uh Talks but, but about but, the firemen and all this shit and these guys building big architect or big <laughs> structure it's like but the hardest job is sticking a dvd in a dvd player for a child <laughs> yeah sure okay you know i'm not listen. saying it's not hard it's hard work
1: right? but i'm not listen hey listen that's your choice of lifestyle regardless either way maybe you're able to do that fuck yeah if you could do it whatever you know just depends but Don't- stop
0: being so sensitive yeah i mean that's it. We Nobody, all- nobody's
1: going against you
0: yeah, right. But the thing is, is you can come right back at us and say, "Oh, these fucking two jerk offs thinking they know everything, all wise and mm-hmm. all they study and they talk like they know it all." Look, we're passionate. We, but but there is a lot of kickback. There's a lot of hard work. There's a lot yeah. of things that people don't see for any of the truth community and any of the, per- any of the people that make content. Yeah. You don't realize you just see a, a video on YouTube or you just see a podcast pop up on your phone. Once again, here we go. going back to the pampered reality we live in because of people that are so entitled. Well, yeah. I don't agree with that podcast and I'm going uh, to, what, what's the thing right now? Joe Rogan's getting canceled by Neil Young because uh, yeah, that, that whole, right? Thing. Meantime- like that's a great example. Yeah. I mean, so it's like, yeah, it's like
1: because the inf- the misinformation it puts out. So it's either me or Joe Rogan. Pretty sure. But who decides hesitation. misinformation? Yeah, exactly. What the fact checkers that we found out weren't really fact checkers that they were just hired third parties hired by the, full of shit. You know what I'm saying? And we all the shit that and it's funny because now now for anybody who doesn't like conspiracy this whole momentum of trying to silence conspiracy theorists or fringe topics or uh, people giving medical, you know, uh, opinions and stuff. I won't even call it advice because it's an opinion, right? A lot of it. And sometimes a lot of it's fact. Yes, absolutely. But uh, I'm not here to, you know, discrepancy that and shit. But all those people now, a lot of what they said is coming out to be that they were right, that it wasn't a conspiracy. So now all it did was give more way and more leniency to that side of people. Um, and you do have extremists on that side that are batshit crazy as well. And you have people that aren't in for it for the right reasons and everything and stuff and are wanting to just have more violence and more chaos. It's a time of wanting to overthrow the government and do this shit and 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 riot and rebel and stuff like that. So that's not yep. necessarily a good thing either. But right. you just gave way to that by trying to silence these people. Once again, you're going with some sort of resistance, and they're going to resist back. So therefore, the enemy is created. And the on pendulum both sides. swings. Yes, exactly. The enemy has just was has been created on both sides there. So it's just it's just something to go and understand about that. But I forgot what I was going to say. Oh yeah. So but anyway, you have this order within yourself. Outside of yourself, there's a chaos. You can either be influenced by the chaos or you can be more in tune and influenced by the order that it's already there within you. Right. And whatever's chaotic out there and it influences you ends up happening in here too. Uh, I'm pointing at my body for those that are just listening. So
0: well well said, but, and, but the thing is, is so that's what this going back to the information now, right? So that's why when you see the synchronicity, when you see the synodic cycles of repeating Things that we see in history that end up showing their face again, thinking that it's a bunch of guys in a back room, Jared's delivering the drinks, and they're sitting there with their, you know, little George Soros, you know, and all that, and they're Mm -hmm. and they're and they're contemplating and and figuring out how the way they're gonna fuck us, Mm -hmm. okay. And and I'm not saying that doesn't exist. Not my point here. My point is is that there's certain things that are impossible for that to happen, and I'll just call it out right now. Impossible. Mm -hmm. Not like, not real? And a lot of people live in their delusions on that because they're just so convinced. They've convinced themselves. Or is it because their channel has been built on that and so they have to ride... That, because that's how, the way they've established themselves, that they're afraid mm-hmm. to lose the listeners because they've actually built a living off of this, which I understand to an extent, but not within a topic or an area as in truth, when you're tampering with people's lives and their attention mm-hmm. and where, they're, yeah. what they're, where their mind's at and everything like that, because you're affecting the quality of their life, which actually in turn affects the quality of the whole. It affects the quality of the earth and humanity itself. Even if you affect one person, you do not know what ripples you are sending out by calling everyone a fucking retard because they don't believe what you have you believe and mm-hmm. and so it's it's a matter of destroying that paradigm the paradigm of paradigms mm-hmm. you know what i mean and it's a yeah. paradox because you can't you can't destroy a paradigm you're always going to have a set of uh, a set way of thinking and so but but i do think that there's a proper way to do it there is a proper uh, approach to thinking and using the balance of knowing and and speculating and being able to play with those two left and right, back and forth, and not allowing yourself to fall in deep into anything and always being in this state of, oh, well, let me ask more questions, you know? And, uh, and that's why, uh, once again, back to this, is... Seeing the synchronicity and the synodic cycles of things, and how how life and the world repeats uh, in these in these things, it's not all men in suits. There is this matrix language and code. You can call it the archons if you like. They're trying to trick us. They're they're distracting us with this reality screen and this mirror at place. And they're it's like yeah, but the thing is, is you have to look out there to see within. So you can't ignore the screen either. You can't ignore the 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 the, the IMAX theater in front of you of distractions. It is a game of distractions. But the answer is still within. And, uh, within, but mm-hmm. looking within and fl- seeing it on the outside. So you, you you have eyes, you have a body, you have to experience this life in this world in this 3D, and it is you. Sh- you should see it as a tool for the soul to then expand and and grow and build. And you're going to have death, and you're going to have rebirth, and you're going to have pain, and you're going to have pleasure. It's it's it you know, and then you're going to have where you're right and wrong, good, bad, whatever. All these different dichotomies. But the thing is, at the end of the day, when you do notice the patterns, when you do notice the synchronicities, you start to realize that this place does have this. It has a layout. It has a language. It has a story is being told, a drama like Plato's cave. It's, it's being told to us. So that's why pointing out stuff like this, and I grabbed this specifically, by the way, because it goes into, uh, it brings up the towers and something that had happened in the past that I didn't even know about. As William Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage and all the men and women uh, merely are players. They have their exits and their entrances and one man in his time plays many parts. Uh, we are all players and we all play many parts, right? So Shakespeare goes on to describe the change that takes place in the human being from infancy to very old age, coming in life toothless and leaving toothless, that sort of thing. But that is a microcosm. Uh, that is the player's role on earth in this age. However, the players have roles that go beyond this age and actually become sort of overlapping entities moving into different life cycles. So this is going into reincarnation. But so on screen, playing into the many parts and the things repeating in the story, you have the and I know a lot of people know it out there is the Kennedy Lincoln connection of all of the things that are parallel and some people really think this was organized. This was set up. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I look to to go that you know far back in history, that would be and how many people have to know and it ha- and have to shut up, and we yeah. all know the nature of humanity you really think these people have that high this discipline? is this
1: is where logic comes in that's the that's the I mean people don't know when to use logic rationality like or use the intuitive nature or faith or you know what I'm saying like it's it's there's been such a misconstruct and we, it's not like we haven't done it to ourselves we're not saying we're above it we do it and have done it like you know that when trying to outweigh which one's the right process of thinking to use, sometimes we fuck it up. We're that we're that deep into the psychosis of, of what we've been taught in the world through many, many, many different teachers and symbolisms and all that. But continue.
0: Yeah. So, and uh, I'm going to compare this, by the way, after this. And uh, remember, Gio, last year when we were talking about the Super Bowl and I called the Bucks winning because of all the five-year stuff and the, uh, the nodal access? Yeah. I actually, um, I got... Uh, I have a, uh, a PDF of what I caught of on a five-year last year, and relating it to the box more synchronicity on a scale that probably no one knew about, hmm. um, because it was more subtle than the Lincoln Kennedy, uh, you know, uh, polarity. So I'll finish this. So if you don't know about this, right? So this really happened, documented in history. And if you want to argue that history is a lie and all that, okay, we can go on that to another time. But right now, this is the official narrative. And I get that that could change. But it says, Lincoln was elected to Congress in 1846. Kennedy was elected in 1946. Lincoln has elected, uh, uh, was elected president in 1860. Kennedy, 1960. Kennedy had a secretary named Lincoln. Lincoln was succeeded uh, after assassination by Vice President Johnson. Kennedy was succeeded after assassination by Vice President Johnson. Andrew Johnson was born in 1808. Lyndon Johnson born 1908. Lincoln was sitting beside his wife when he was shot. Kennedy was sitting beside his wife when he was shot. Lincoln's wife held his hand in her lap after he was shot. Kennedy's wife held his head in her lap after he was shot. Lincoln was shot on a Friday. Kennedy was shot on a Friday. Lincoln was shot in a theater named Ford. Kennedy was shot in a car made by Ford. Hmm. Kennedy was shot in a car named Lincoln. Lincoln was shot in a theater and his assassin ran to a warehouse. JFK was shot from a warehouse and his alleged assassin ran to a theater." Lincoln's assassin had a three-worded name, John Wilkes Booth. Kennedy's assassin had a three-worded name, Lee Harvey Oswald. Booth was shot and killed in police custody before going to trial. Oswald was shot and killed in police custody before going to trial. Kennedy's father had been the ambassador to England at the court of St. James. Lincoln's son became the ambassador to England at the court of St. James. Lincoln had two sons named Robert and Edward. Edward died young and Robert lived on. Kennedy had two brothers named Robert and Edward. Robert died young and Edward lived on. So it says, uh, and I'll, I'll let you get some thoughts out, Gio, but uh, so synchronicity uh, was coined by Carl Jung in the early 1900s. Uh, he coined the word synchronicity in which it means coincidence with a purpose. Mm-hmm. So few of us have an idea that, that the things that happen are laid out for us so that we continue to repeat and learn, repeat and learn.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, that's, I remember hearing about that whole, you know, commonality between those two and stuff. And it's, once again, I, the way I perceive it, it goes back to that whole thing of, you know, yeah, that's not something that's going to be created by man. That would take a lot of effort from people who have passed on to as well coming into, you know, that's something that has to be maintained, like, like more than a religion, for that to occur through human hands. It's too perfect. So it, to me, it brings it back to that whole thing is that language words are vibration. They are energy in motion, vibrating as well uh, on a certain spectrum of what we coin through frequency. And those frequencies create different shapes in order to then create form and form creates physical reality as well and stuff. So it's this long line of that, whatever this frequency is and stuff, this is why you're seeing a, a similar emanation later on down life. First, you have Abraham Lincoln and his whole way of going through life and all the different symb- symbology and language that's going on with that. And not only that, we're talking about people that are involved in a uh, – a thing that involves mass consciousness and a lot of people as well so kind of gives some 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 sway to it as well now we get down to you know the 1960s and you have Kennedy as well and everything and that whole situation that long line of language and symbology, the words as well, this is why we're seeing the same frequency emanate from it. That's how I take it. That that's, right. it's it's a similar vibration that's occurring. Not because some somebody set it up. Yeah, there is some sort of innate intelligence that's allowing it to form out that way. And that's the process of all of reality. Um, which that's the thing that we constantly are trying to explore. Um, but it's not the sense that it's like somebody's tapping into it in this way to manipulate this shit or make it happen in this way. I think there is a level of uh, manipulation that comes along, but I think I said it before to you. I don't know if it was just before or when we were talking another time was that um, you can use the power, you can use the power and the energy for uh, creation or you can do it for corruption But if you're doing it for corruption, eventually the corrupter becomes corrupted as well. How that looks, I'm not going to say it. It could look in many different ways, the corruption— because yeah yeah, but understanding
0: the bigger picture though and understanding the functionality opposed to oh it looks different this was different Mm -hmm. you know the the nuances and that that's over then that's the imbalance of rationality as well you're going too logical i Mm -hmm. I want specifics it's Mm -hmm. like people when they they battle flat earth it's like well then what is what are satellites uh then how far is the sun away and if a flat earther goes well we can't figure that out well see you don't know that's it you're beat and it's like what that's you're being too rational. You're being too logical. You're, you're being kind of a prick in my eyes. Like that's, that's what causes the fights. That's why I'm very like nasty about that. Like you're an asshole if you do that because you're, in a way, you're looking to just argue. And, uh, and it'd be one thing if you have a healthy debate. I've had healthy debates which actually get heated and that's fine. But the way I've analyzed and observed that community itself, just as an example, is it's, it's all ego it's all, they're full of themselves and they, and they really believe what they're saying, which is cool. They're passionate, but passionate to the point where they don't hear the other person out. And there are good debates out there. Don't get me wrong. I'm talking kind of like, um, more common in the past five, six years talking about it where it, in, in areas it hasn't proved. So don't think I don't say these right I say any of this stuff and don't fact check me to thinking that I'm just, I'm also full of shit claiming that I know all of what goes on with every talk and debate, which there's good and bad and out there. But I'm just, I I, I have just this gut feeling, this intuitive feeling that a lot of it is what I'm claiming, you know, where people are more coming from an ego-based thing, proving, trying to prove themselves right because their security to themselves lies within their beliefs. So if you attack a person's beliefs, you're attacking their their identity. You're attacking their personality. And if you destroy a belief to someone who is their beliefs or thinks they are, you're killing them. It's a death Mm you're, you're, you're spiritually providing a death for that person. And we don't realize we're doing that. You know, that dickhead who fought with, uh, Santos Bonacci, that fucking prick, the way he handled that, he was such a fat fucking slob and such a child. And I cannot stand that. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I'm not, I I don't, if that's too harsh, I'm sorry, but really though, like, I will attack people that are like that. I'm only mean about people who, des- who in my eyes, are hurting others. They're mm-hmm. not providing a sense of equality. They're not providing a sense of listening and being compassionate. And if you're like that, you deserve to be called names, and you deserve to be kind of mm-hmm. like, in a way, degraded. In a way, because that's what you're doing to others. And sometimes people, like, people are so afraid now, in the spiritual community, afraid of anger. They're afraid of uh, of saying something that's a little controversial. Well, guess what? All right? This is life, and this is the part of the, the. This is the part. This is us. We can't deny that part of ourselves. I said it in the Pluto, uh, in the Pluto episode. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our Our generation's coming in to, to harbor in the darkness. We are. We're going. We're coming to show people that the darkness is okay. There's some kind of truth and some kind of validation that lies within our darkness, and we're repressing it. We're pushing it down. We shouldn't be afraid. But it's the way that people go about things that really triggers me in a way because. I have this compassionate way of listening and hearing anybody else talk and hearing them out and hearing their points and having a, an adult big boy conversation with people when yet the the issue is we've turned politics and belief systems and the truth community and all that into basically into politics and football. That's what it is. Oh, your Eagles fan go fuck They're fuck. Yourself. You know, like that's like, that's, mm-hmm. it's what it is now, but it's like, Oh, you're a flat earther. Oh, here we go. The flurfer, you know, mm-hmm. or oh, you're a globy. Like, it's like, well, look, these, these people believe this for a certain reason. And I don't think people are fully that, that's stupid. They're just ignorant. And they're also, also they're sidetracked from a jab. They're sidetracked from money and an economy from family issues. You don't know what people are going through. And so I have the utmost compassion. So don't ever take my words out of context when I call someone out for being what they are.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That's the thing. You think about it too, that, you know, we, we've been given the
1: internet. So everybody's got, you know, uh, even more of a voice, you know, which is okay because we all have, you know, we all have freedom of speech Uh, or at least we're supposed to, but the thing is though, once it comes down to, you know, the initiation process of uh, degradation, like, and just degrading people and, you know, especially for something that they believe in, you know, one, it's either going to, it's going to harm or it's going to recreate it again. So, you know what I mean? Like, so that's where it also comes down to
0: where I look at that whole, say, you know, use Santos Bonacci as an example. And it's like, and I wouldn't argue that guy. I wouldn't perpetuate the fact that if you ever heard what I just said that I would not, I wouldn't even waste my time. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's like, because like even Santos, Santos has his way of showing his animosity towards people who think differently too. So it's like, he kind of goes into head and head of combating people, right? On the whole globe or flat earth thing as well. But he, he does it, right. It's a, mirror reflection. Kind of what, yes. it's a mirror reflection yes. of himself because yep. he, has, he holds the same energy, even when he's he not talking to them, even when he's not talking to them, you know, whatever, through, you know, a, a conversation face-to-face. Or, and we admire his um, work. Thing. Yeah, and, like, there's a lot of it that's so, like, especially the Asher theology part, but once again, it's his achievement and his process that seem out of sync and out of balance with me. Does that make me not like Santos? Does that make me not want to hear Santos out or tell him that he's wrong? Absolutely not if anything i see the the ability to exchange thoughts and come to a maybe more of an establishment of something not necessarily all the time that's going to happen but that's the thing there's a communication that's established between two people in that way right away we want to get defensive we want to be in our
0: beliefs and stuff like that then we're just contradicting if, ourselves again let me throw this in there if you care about humanity know that you're playing example mm-hmm. You are always playing an example. So for someone to be that smart and intelligent, and I admire his work, and I have a few messages from him, by the way, that were very nasty. And I, I won't call him out. I won't, I won't call anybody out. It's, I mean, like when it comes to, I won't put personal things that have happened, but I could just vouch for the fact that dealing with him even off air and away from a more public, uh, you know, on-platform place is, uh, in a way, was nasty. And for no reason, no reason at all. I am so, I, I, cause I know I don't like to be bothered, right? So I know how things can come off, but with what I would, I had been sent back to me and I'm sitting there going, you know, it's one thing that, y- you know, you really care about this information and you want people to wake up and you're so passionate about it that maybe you come off a little ruthless and that's fine. But to uh, kick and scream and, and be little people that follow you, that like you, that uh, admire you. You know, you are playing an example at all times. So it's another thing that if you care about humanity, you care about your work, you care about what you're presenting, you should care about how how you're you're putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not afraid to, to, to say something nasty about someone because that's who I am. I'm not going to deny the fact that I would think that thought because the thing is, is that's real, right? That's what we think about things sometimes, and it's okay to express yourself. We shouldn't be mm-hmm. afraid to, but be – Discerning in how you do that. Be reasonable when people deserve something, and you know it, and you feel like you can't hold back. Let it loose. But yeah. I, at the same time, if you're being irrational, if you're being a uh, um, a dictator or you're about arguing your information, just for
1: the sake of arguing, you know right. that that's the other thing too. You know, right. yeah. if if, if so, you really want to be heard about something, because like, that's the other thing too. I think like whoever's establishing this, uh, setting flame to the bridge to burn the bridge you know, if the other person on the receiving side is end up, ends up being like, if you were to be reactive to maybe those not so pleasant uh, messages or anything from Santos, right? If you were to be reactive about it, he initiated the burning of the bridge. And then if you were to react, you would then finish it off on that process rather than extinguish it because you have a knowing of yourself and what you're into. And who knows what could be the, the initiation between him doing that. You know what I mean? It it can simply chalk down to people having a bad day or something like that, which is not an excuse. It's not an excuse for their behavior as well, but also in the same sense, it's like now you didn't burn that bridge, right? By being reactive. So therefore the line of communication is still available as well, which I think is ends up being better than say that process. And you know, not being able to, nah, fuck that guy. Like all of a sudden now there's a hate, now there's an animosity, now there's like a, a, a friction there between between the two and stuff. And now there is definitely no, no sense of looking to be able to speak with each other again. There's that, who knows what could have came from speaking together? You know what I mean? Who knows what could have came from that? And that's another way of looking at it too. So it is that whole, it is a little bit of that, um, you know, that that Jesus if you know slap one cheek you turn turn the other cheek or something like that you know yes but no it's not to take verbal abuse it's not to take disrespect and anything stuff like that it's about also knowing yourself knowing your worth knowing your value standing your ground as well in it and not letting it change you or deter you from your path you know
0: yeah uh, and here's two other points, right? So, but the one to, to the sensitivity of uh, of one taking things personal when they're not, they're not directed to you. So, anything I say, if you, uh, oh my God, he just said that, and then he's against this. So, it's stop generalizing that. We don't know how people think when they just make one remark. We all behind closed doors talk a certain way, uh, and not in a sense of like they're it's completely a completely uh, you know, nasty and and degrading thing all the time, but more so is like. When when someone rubs me the wrong way, yeah, I I try to, in a way, I I match the frequency of what I think they deserve to hear, but to not take it personal. You know, to not take things personal when you kind of get what you deserve or it has nothing to do with you, you know? Mm -hmm. So, it's a matter of balancing that out because relationships in this community are just as important as the information and then just as important as the way we approach our thinking process and the mindlessness and the mindfulness process. So, extremely important. And so... Um, you know getting back uh let 's get back on the uh, yeah finish this page up real quick so we can just go through the synchronicity just to mm. get back to the matrix code and matrix language because we 're really trying to show people too it 's like you don 't need to be in the cult when you want your the in a with an a as an a b C cult when you need to just see within your own life and in, in your everyday experiences, but first seeing it on the stage because that 's the most obvious place to look so I had just went over, you know, the Abraham Lincoln and, uh, and Robert, uh, JFK, sorry, and all their coincidences in synchronicities. So now we have Moses and Martin Luther King, which I didn't hear about this till I read this. So how could the biblical story of Moses and the reality of Martin Luther King not be intelligently programmed when one considers the circumstances? Uh, so Deuteronomy 32, 48, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, go up into Mount Nebu and you will see the land of, uh, Canaan, right? yeah. mm-hmm. which I am giving to the children of Israel. You will die in the mountain. Uh, you shall see the land before you, but you shall not go into the land which I'm giving to the children of Israel. Uh, so above, Moses led his people and God took him to the mountaintop, showed him the promised land. Moses could not go into the promised land. Uh, uh, then he was dead. So Moses went up to the mountaintop. He sees the promised land. Couldn't go in. Next day, he's dead. And then that's related to Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King came into the microphone in Atlanta, Georgia, and said this: "I just want to do God's will, and He's allowed me to go to the mountain. And I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want to know tonight that we, as a people, will get to the promised land." Uh, so I'm guessing, in in a way, he's trying to say that what Martin Luther King just said was exactly what was portrayed in the Bible. Now, did he go into the Bible and take it out? And and he could have reiterated it. But if not, this is just another simple layer of see how things are seeping through the reality once more. You could easily prove this one wrong and say this was a coincidence or that he knew the Bible. So he had said it, but it's just, it, 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 this is a, an example to be on the lookout for things like this, to open your mind up to this type of synchronicity and don't think it's just your RAS and coincidence. Um, This one is the 9-11 coincidence, synchronicity. And uh, Gio, you could could take this one. Uh, And this one I also did not hear of until I had found it on Bill's website.
1: We've seen the chaos over the last couple of hundred years. The extreme violence, the disregard of nature resulting in the global warming, the many wars, the economic meltdown. There are too many things that are happening and have happened for us to simply attribute it to coincidence. This is a magical time that is more unique than those strange myths told in the Bible. And then you have um, 1190 to uh, 0911, Clifford's Tower. It's a massacre at York. That was there in the Cliff Tower in York, England. Um, In the 1190, 1190, an attack took place against Jewish people who tried to hide in the tower and they were all killed. This was act one of the particular drama. What was Act Two now? Um, if you want to go with the synchronicities, then you see then in New York, the Twin Towers uh, in 911, uh, 911, there's Act Two of the drama. And that's the play so far. Putting together the entire play, uh, what do we have? So the Clifford's Tower, York in 1190, and then the Twin Tower, New York uh, in 911. A lesson we fail to learn is do you see the karmic lesson acted out here? We learned nothing from the violence of 1190, so we're doomed to repeat it on 9-11. What did we learn from the violence direct against others because of their beliefs with the massacre of 1190? Obviously nothing. So karmically, we were doomed to repeat it on 9-11. Um, will there be in act three? And it appears we again have learned nothing up to this point and thus can anticipate the drama will continue in act three. I mean, and then also if you look at the elements too of say like even 9-11 now almost it can almost now look like from a conspiracist mind to be like oh that was revenge for the jews uh because a lot of the jewish people that were in the tower as well um somehow weren't at the tower as at are at, at the tower that day or or something along those lines. And then you also have where a lot of people have shown that it's like almost orchestrated, that it was kind of orchestrated by the Jews and whatever conspiracies you want to go down that rabbit hole. So there there is a link up. Now is that to say now this whole thing was constructed on purpose by the Jews? Um, you know, in the guise of a terrorist attack from Muslims? Like was this almost like a revenge plot? And that's once again where you'd have to speculate speculate and I think suspend that belief first of thinking that this was a man made process in that way and looking at it from the sense of could it just be the parallel of or karmic redemption almost in a way. But I don't think karma would be the right word because it's almost like saying that then that that innate I mean, then again, it could come from something, you know, something forceful in our realm that's not God, you know, yes, that can have that process possibly. That's why they say even in the Bible that uh, Satan rules the earth or saying this is his dominion. Um, But until, you know, God or Jesus comes back and takes, you know, takes and reclaims uh, humanity and stuff. But that's why I say the whole karmic thing might be a little far-fetched because that's saying then the innate intelligence is basically like revengeful. You know, and that goes back into the story of, you know, how we've seen in the Old Testament of God being being a a jealous God and all of that and vengeful and everything and like being a very violent warrior type God. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that goes against all, you know, principles of what, you know, what we have been describing as God is uh, or, you know, what, you know, the essence of God. I don't think it would have that karmic cycle in, in that thought process to be like, that it's just going to kill, you know, you know, the, the opposite people or something in that way. Once again, I think it is a reflection possibly in our reality of how it, you know, how things occur and the, the mass energy culmination that comes together, say in 1190 and what that kind of consciously evolved through the lineage of ancestors up until, present day, 9-11, and therefore it's emanating again. And we can maybe attribute this to some, tri- some type of synodic astro- uh, astrological cycle or something in that way. And that they're just kind the of markers. Opens, yes, they're just markers. But there is an opening of the gate for that specific uh, uh, alignment to occur mm-hmm. with whatever that energy frequency is associated with on Earth in relation to, you know, to the outer reality of of the cosmos and maybe beyond time and space as well.
0: Yeah. And I can see what you're doing here is because you're emphasizing the fact that, look, and we read that straight off of Bill Donahue's website, which is hiddenmeetings.com. I'll put a link in the uh, description box. But I I like how you see what you did there. So you read something that, by the way, I had grabbed and, you know, I I don't like to just be talking for an hour. So I like to kind of switch it up and giving you that, knowing you didn't, you know, you weren't even knowing what you were going into reading Mm -hmm. and you read it you were thinking to yourself Mm -hmm. as you were reading it, and then had to approach it. a part of it. It was Mm -hmm. a great example what you just did there, you know, Mm -hmm. that you said, you know, you read, oh, the karma, this is karma, and you said, well, wait a minute, but let's just make sure that we make this clear that karma can be a few things. It could just be the reflection yeah. and the emanation and the just ripple mm-hmm. effect that happens to play out on the same numbers and the same type of numerology, same type of vibrational day, and then the story itself and the, and the little elements. Now you could say, "Oh, flip though," but the Jews did this on this side and the other ones. It's not the point. Yeah. The there fact is, is there can is,
1: be that thought of spitefulness, which I think that's sure something that's part of what we. In our physical reality, have kind of, in a sense, um, aggravated more and and have brought that about more.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and but like things have to play out in this reality, right? Mm-hmm. So of course there has to be a reason that it happens. Synchronicities and and experiences in life just don't oh they happen. Mm-hmm. There has to be a story, a drama up to it, and kind of like when you're making a second. <laughs> um, part of a movie to a first, like a series of movies and you got the the second one that comes out of anything, that there are things that repeat in the second one that were in the first one because it makes the story a story and a drama. So the beautiful aspects of this is so when you see synchronicity and you're watching the matrix code play out and then you have the markers in the sky saying, oh, last time this was there, this happened. Okay. It's a marker. The planet itself or the electromagnetic bubble itself isn't actually the thing. And you could say it's causing it, in influencing it, which I do believe, but you don't have to do that if you don't want to believe it. But but there are statistics and things that repeat, just like what we just read, that show you mm-hmm. that there are patterns, regardless of how you believe. Actually, down to the to the minuscule, the most specific way of how it's happening, well, is what, what's a planet up there is reflecting here, like what is Well, yeah, there's definitely ways to explain that, and and then we could go over that at, at some point mm-hmm. uh, in the future, I, but. I, I just I have a
1: I have a thought, though, now that I feel like coming into trying to be the perspective of, say, somebody who's listening to this or watching this, uh, then to be like, okay, I see both sides of it, the whole karmic side and maybe a type of revenge or spite or whatever and stuff from some sort of entity or type of strain of consciousness. Or I see in the sense that this is just a mere reflection of even what I said about the frequency and everything. But then, okay, coming to this understanding and this speculation, you know, what does this mean? Then, does it mean that we are just doomed to repeat certain things, and that we are doomed for that fate of what happens? And or are we allowed to? Um, are we allowed to interfere with it? Are we supposed to put a stop to it in some sort of way, or shift the momentum or the direction? I think that would be a main question of a lot of people in that scenario. And, you know, I mean, I would have for us to think about it more. I would like to see what you have to say about that, because that's something I'd have to think about and be like, hmm, you know, that's that's a good question. Yes, of course, we know that certain things are, you know, meant to happen, I guess, in that sort of way. And that's the process of it. But is there something to understand and know to soften the blow, you know, or are we supposed to try to avoid it at all
0: cost? You know, I think that would be the million dollar question. That's. That's, and I, I would say no. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't think, because you use the word avoid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because no, when you're avoiding, you have an anxiety, you're putting an energy out and anticipating it, which probably actually is perpetuating it. What I would say is, how when these transits are coming up and we know and that's what the stars are for is you know this time's coming up so oh this it's potentials right it's probabilities mm-hmm. it's influence but we do have the the chance factor and the free will factor and mm-hmm. then you have the influences of the planetary energies or mm-hmm. just the fact that they're telling us for some reason the patterns of this place and it's playing out down here and that's just a mirror of it up mm-hmm. there regardless of what it is the fact is is when we have these things documented and they're in history and we know the stars are telling when these things are going to happen through statistics through Absolute proof, and you could go look if you look Look, Cosmos and Psyche. Go look, read that video if you want to open your mind up to what I'm saying here. Uh, by Richard Tarnas, and so with that, right? I think that we can only prepare for those times and not look to avoid it, but look to get ourselves in a better position and a better chance to then use the. Tra- I think there's polarities to a transit, I think there's a way to conquer and and evolve with the transit. And then there's a way to experience a death and experience it moving backwards and whatever. So if I knew I had a planet, like say Pluto going into destroy, uh, into my second house and my second house rules my body and my finances and my values, knowing that that's gonna then now come in and have I will, I will uh, experience a death and rebirth in my area of the second house of finances, values and all of that and my body, that then before that's coming, what I could do then is be prepared to lose things, be prepared to get detached from things. Uh, try and and um, almost speculate on okay, if this is what this planet does when this comes in, and this is through statistics, it tells me this. Then okay, now that that's coming, how could I prepare for it? So mm-hmm. I would say we can only prepare and mm-hmm. do the best we can through each transit, and how could we use it to our advantage opposed to avoiding it? So it yeah. was just your play on words, and I and
1: I also think that like now, like I'm going to use. This is a thought experiment using what we were saying before about um, basically being able to look at certain experiences. Now, let's look at 9-11, right, in in alignment with what I was just saying about, you know, which is it then? What are we supposed to do about it? Um, Are we supposed to do anything about it? I think about the sense of people who were fated to go in that day or who were on those floors who must have got a promotion and went to that level or something like that, who was just fired, who was late to work. They were whatever reason they were running late to work or they were out sick that day and stuff. What role do those people play in the whole um, in the whole breakdown of it? Of it going down. And I think using that understanding, say, of somebody who survived that day, think about the process that maybe would have happened for them. There could have been a complete destruction and depression towards it and you know, uh, survivor guilt, all that stuff. And it could have been reflected in the wrong way in that sort of sense. And they could have self-destructed um, or that person could have took that whole experience and of course, the grief is necessary. Absolutely. The grief is necessary. But after going through the grievance process, uh, process, uh, then being able to now shift and value their life in a different way. Um, and in turn, who knows? Spend more time with their family. They go and open up. Uh, you know, they some charity work. They, you know, it doesn't have to be all these airy fairy type things either. But there's just some sort of way that they could have shifted, and it's a lot of people. Um, and it also allows those people that maybe all had that in common, especially with trying to process the grief, that come together as survivors in that sort of way, and in a mass kind of develop their own sort of influence that probably is going to be coming from a more positive aspect in our definition of positive on say that community or people affected by it or all of that. So therefore, you know, and you can look at that all the different types of ways not to the detail of what that experience did for them and then did for others and so on and so on. Um, so that's where I think you also get that answer of being like, No, we're not meant to stop it. It's going to happen. Yes, is there a preparation for it? certain things to a degree. There's a preparation. Um, you're not going to know specific details or exactly when sometimes you may know a general area. Um, like I, am thinking somebody who maybe even was so in tune with the astrology that day. Uh, and also, which a lot of
0: people were, but yeah.
1: And in tune with even, you know, maybe of the political climate, uh, or, you know, of what's going on during that time, they could have had certain suspicions, but they probably still No, could didn't even know uh, that that was going to happen or where that was going to happen or something in that sort of sense. So it's like the preparedness is yes, in a certain way, but also I think it's an attunement to get in tune with these frequencies to be able to, I don't have a good feeling. I wonder why I don't have a good feeling. Oh my God, I'm having such a shitty day. My kid is fucking late getting up for school. Now I'm going to be late for work. Oh shit, I'm late for work, but I would have been in those buildings. Right So it teaches you something about yourself and think about that as many people who were there that day or supposed to be there there that day who are involved on a deeper level in that sense. they have some sort of coming into and dark night of the soul to process and all this shit to break out of and then influence on their families this new way of valuing life or not valuing life you know it could go in either direction and then they have this influence on a generation and then that generation has an influence on another generation and just people that they interact with on all levels so we can't discount that how you know it's not trying to say that that happened for the greater good but there is life within the death as well it's the same thing it's like where the tree dies but it drops its seeds and everything or whatever and it turns into fertilizer for the next thing to regrow as well
0: yeah. Yeah. And that, and the seeds that came from that situation, if you want to use that metaphor mm-hmm. is the, the, the trees dying is the, and the leaves and all that are the, all the people that are involved in that, you know? Yeah. And when they died, they planted new seeds in people, which then yet sparked new thought, new outlooks, mm-hmm. new investigation, new ways of thinking, because the seeds were planted. Mm-hmm. It was such a controversial thing that happened in the way they fell and what went on and who mm-hmm. was connected. And then all the documentaries, all that, we wouldn't be here today if that didn't happen with the way we are we we might not have had the awareness mm-hmm. so that might have been the sacrifice of consciousness and that's why i do believe a lot of these catastrophes and these big events and all of that they could be orchestrated but that could have been the impulse from the universe itself to impulse these certain mm-hmm. conduits of people that would take in the consciousness of uh, of being those types of people to then put to do this to humanity yeah. you know so beyond the creeps the elite the Illuminati, the US government, whatever government, whatever who you think did it, what, and all that. The thing is, is where does their influence come from opposed to just from their carnal mind? Or is it the complete separation of the -hmm. the divine into the carnal mind? But you don't know if they still could be under the puppetry of the universe in a way where they're influenced by the energies. So beyond that point, right, we can't answer that. We can only speculate. So that's what I mean about with, I guess, like assumptions and thinking you know it all there's many ways to see certain situations and things can be agreed on universally in a way of that was just a very controversial day where Mm -hmm. the narrative doesn't make sense. Okay. And we might know who did it. Okay. Facts come out. Same thing with what's going on right now with the V. Okay. Like we, we, but you don't know where the influence really does come from and what purpose it's playing. And the fact that it could be involved, uh, in the evolution of consciousness. And these things need to be taken as steps to that. And well, why do they need to be so harsh? Why do people have to die? Well, when you understand reincarnation, or you give that a chance, when you understand that if if you don't just die and go to a place and that's it, kaput, you're done, you start to realize that souls come in for a certain purpose, and then they come back again. And maybe those sacrifices, they get rewarded for those sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Maybe there were certain souls picked for that sacrifice twenty years before they were born. Said, look, these are going to be the people that go. i you know, if the universe is ciphering through its intelligence and saying. They're going to be this, that, and I think they're going to play a better purpose, being sacrificed. And I'm sorry, look, I had family in the towers, so if anyone's getting soft on that, I, I mean, I apologized, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, that that, that could, I, if anything, I'm making it a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Could they have died it's not, not in vain just for nothing? And yeah, exactly. You know, so that's very important. So we have to understand that this this matrix code is a very prominent thing. You could see it everywhere. We saw it in astrology. I think astrology was the biggest giveaway that the, that the, this world has patterns and it has a language and synchronicities and they're real. And if you don't experience them, it's because you're not open to them. Yeah, and that's all it is. That's it's a frequency itself. Seeing synchronicities. I mean, ask my my cousin Anthony was very logical, just straightforward, easygoing person when it comes to how he approaches life. He likes simple things, simple ways to put things. Wants to just go to work, get it done. And he used to rip on me for you know, oh Ramon, what is that? The universe? Okay, whatever. You know, the stop. You, he, I was looked at it as I was brainwashed, and I was using it as an excuse. People also and, mock
1: what they don't understand,
0: and then that too, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, much love to Anthony. But um, but yeah. So, to me, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna let him be the way he is, and he'll see. And I'll a quick story is I got a job managing at Jersey Mike's, and it was me, my cousin Anthony, and then this kid Mark, and we were gonna be the three managers for the three stores that were just bought. And, you know, he's starting to come around. I think there was a few things that came up on a commercial that we used to say as an inside joke. I think like we used to go, hum, 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 like this stupid thing we did, right? <laughs> and then we we uh, we saw a fucking commercial of the hum Verizon thing. And we're like, like and like, if you lived up to that, it sounds stupid, but if you lived up to the moment and experienced the inside joke, and it wasn't just that, there was more to it. Mm-hmm. And there was also one with Skeletor where we used to say, you're finished. You know, we said all the time, you're finished, pal. And um, there was a Skeletor commercial of like some company and it was Skeletor going, that's, or uh, the, the He-Man going, that's it, Skeletor, you are finished. And in the way he even said it, and I'm going, man, Matrix code. But there mm-hmm. was a specific thing that happened here that really put him over the edge. And this relates back to the synch- synchronicity frequency. Is, so we get the jobs, we're the three managers and we're not in there yet. So we're still working at the same place. And then when we're talking, I go, dude, we're like the fucking, we're like the three stooges. You know, the three stooges, three stooges of the subworld at Jersey Mike's. And I swear to you, no more than five minutes, maybe less later, a guy walks in, he's looking up at the menu. Hey, you doing, guys? And he unzips his, his jacket, and it's the Three Stooges. And I'm sitting there like, and that got him. That got him. Yeah. He's never, he never forgot it. And why do I, and you, once again, if you're a coincidence person and you don't, fine. I'm pretty sure if you've listened up to this point, you're going to agree with me at that synchronicity. So from there on, I get calls from him telling me universe stories telling yeah. me synchronicity stories. And why? He tuned in. Yeah. And once you tune in, it's not just your RAS. Of course, mm-hmm. that's a thing. You buy a car and all of a sudden you see the car everywhere. I, mm-hmm. I get that. But when you see numbers, Gio, 37? Uh, yeah. Come on. Absolutely. Come on. Yeah. Right? We see 37 everywhere and that I'm glad I, I worked up to this point because I have something to show everybody. But yeah, right? like can Do you not agree, Gio, that like the synchronicity itself and truth itself has a frequency? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's like you're coming in contact with that frequency whether you're somehow emanating or attuned to it or whatever. Like that's basically just what feels like actually happens. Like that's why it comes about. It's different. You know, internally deep down inside, maybe you don't want to admit it. You know, when you're looking for something, but when you know you're not looking for something and it still shows itself constantly, that's Very where funny. you can take notice and really be like, okay, like something is going on here. You know, and we may be looking for some sort of specific answer. I know I got that feeling a little bit when I was like, why? Why is it constantly, th- you know, these numbers, these ones all the time, especially when now that I just put it out of my mind and like, I really don't like think of it. And even sometimes I see it, but I don't really acknowledge it too much. Like it just The amount of like, customers you had, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That's like what I mean. Like I said, like that? That I'm, I'm just counting up how many people we have in the book. And
0: next thing you know, hit the plus, the equal bus button, 37. And I'm just like, man. Dude, I'm uh, watching football. And football is a big thing if you want to see synchronicities with numbers. Aaron Rodgers had 37 seconds to score a touchdown. And that was like a headline. And yeah. I'm like sitting there like, dude, like it, it's all over the, so you're right. Like yeah. that, so once you're tuned in, you don't have to look for it anymore. It just comes to you.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then with that with that attunement and that, that you know, that just those, experience just, those experiences just help you uh, further understand This whole essence or understand this whole essence that goes on. And therefore it just allows you to more frequently, um, you know, with this understanding of nature and that sort of sense, and that we're all, we all are it and it is us. And then being able to go through life and more frequently think about, you know, intuitively or whatever, that process of which everything kind of has this this similarity that every it's all the same. Therefore, you begin to experience uh, a new perspective on life, and you have new experiences because of that. And you have new things that come into your life, and other things that also are released and exit your life. And they could be things that the things that exit your life could be things that you thought you really wanted or you thought you really needed. Uh, you may not even really want to let go of those things, you know. And yeah, it could be a relationship. It could be other physical things too. But sometimes it's just the process and that's where the acceptance comes in. That's the whole mindfulness. You know, that's the whole releasing as well, like shadow work. Like these are the things that we need to really transcend. I think that's the problem is we use the words. And this is why we're doing this talk in this episode is because there's the daily things in life whether it's just normal processes that we kind of like, yeah, we know what they are or things that we've observed in our reality or uh, certain ideals or, you know, tools to use or whatever it may be. uh, We kind of look past the, the deeper detail in order to get back to the basic and to see that, yeah, that's that is. That is the truth of it of where it's really leading where it's really leading us or trying to speak to us in that language in some sort of way because it's trying to get us to recognize something about ourselves because it is us. It it, it is us looking back here. and yeah, it's like, hey,
0: pay attention. I'm you. You know, yeah. and you could get rules. Different aspects. Google go, that guy with that. No, well, the woo woo crap really gotta go. But the thing is, is it's it's simple, right? Like it's it is simple. Yeah. I'm glad I just said it that way. That was natural. But the thing is, is like, you know, then you would say, well, why, if, if everything's a mirror, then why do I get this in my life? Why do I get this? Why do I get that person? Why do I get that? Because it's in you, you know? That's taking credit. You know, mm-hmm. it's taking accountability, sorry, that that these things are within you. And if you, if, if biggest signs is something showing up and it keeps showing up and you don't like it, it's because you don't like it. It's an aspect to yourself. If you hate something, something with is within you. With that you know you have the poison within mm-hmm. and so it's a matter of becoming self-aware and we wanted to bring a lot of this up too because in the occult studies the occult studies and astrology and synchronicity and even gematria and all of this stuff then the even the conspiracy and all that it's 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 coming back to self it's it's learning to use this place as a mirror for self and what, what am I getting from things does it actually play a purpose in my in my evolution or are we pointing fingers looking outside of ourselves and forgetting? You know, our self-awareness. And maybe that's a big, it, if there was some, you know, evil plot, I agree with Matt McKinley. It's it's trying to get you away from yourself. But in my eyes, it's not this demonic evil thing. It's the function of this place. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, I, I can't think of a great example off the top of my head, but it's like, oh, just because something's hard or something is tricky or something is, looks like it's going against you, that it could be for your better. It could be for the, your evolution. So maybe this isn't trying to trick us. Maybe we trick ourselves. And that this place as a mirror, we're not just using it properly. And then we're actually projecting out that it's this evil screen and this evil quantum IMAX theater that when we're being tricked by an archonic race or that we're being tricked by the elite because they have all the knowledge and we don't, and they're trying to use these symbols and all that, when yet we don't know the layers enough. We know that we could see synchronicity and things repeat. In our, in our reality. But to get out of the fact that you know it all, get out of your certainty mm-hmm. and learn to come back in within self and look at, into the mirror of reality, the mirror of consciousness and say, where are things playing a purpose in my life for the betterment of my life? Mm-hmm. And if I've done something for three years where I kick and screamed and, and looked at conspiracies and blamed a certain group of people for being evil and this and that, and you haven't gotten far other than a few thousand subscribers on YouTube or you have some, a little following and all that, but it hasn't, like if you have the self-awareness of knowing that you're not expanding enough and that your intentions need to change and you don't, you're also the problem, you know? And so it, it, it's what, how is this serving ourselves? Looking into the mirror. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, that's, I do
0: that's, have one more thing to show. Yeah, no, I too.
1: want you, I want you to show that. And then I, I want to pull up something too that, um, that I had written, um, and that also kind of goes off of an idea that I want us to, you know, speculate a little bit more on. It goes into the occult, it goes into astrology as well. Um but but yeah, this 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 is why it's worthwhile. The only thing I want to say on this is that's why it's worthwhile to look into some of these things like certain divination things or astrology as well. But there is a disclaimer, there is a warning to be like don't right away just assume whatever you fell upon or you've come to learn or understand that that is it because you don't also know how you're being deceived through that nature anything can be used in that way it's the example that you used about electricity it's the example you used about the hammer like it's it's that sort of sense we've done multiple multiple episodes talking about this so it's but it's but trying to come into an understanding of it before using it to really break it down to see it's If it works like how a lot of how when you break down other things, if it works similarly to those things, that's the kind of information you're trying to process through it. Not rather like, okay, what is it? How do I do it? Okay, what's it going to get me? And okay, so I believe it. I'm going to do it. No, Mm. you're selling yourself short and you don't also know what you're signing up to as well. You know, So I think that's where the religion kind of gets it right in a sort of sense of being like, yeah, if you do these things, you open yourself up to bad spirits. That's very vague, you know, but bad spirits could just be simply of of even you get somebody who you think is the teacher and that teacher is not teaching you the right things, you know, and you're just kind of following that process or whatever. And it can lead to destructive properties or, you know, things that are not really what you want the same way how religion could do the same thing. So, you know, that's the thing to really keep in mind is observe it first, observe its function, its fundamental principles, you know, what it consists of, how does it relate to uh, other, other things and their functions, and does it seem in line with nature? Does it seem in line with all these uh, bodies of processes that uh, all of nature has? You know, that's where you can kind of come to more of that understanding and that inner knowing of being like, all right, this is something I want to
0: jump on board and really, you know – Engulf myself in. Beautifully said, and right, religion is a big one of that. And yeah. uh, you just have to learn to be discerning and and ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask. I mean, as soon as you enter a group of people and they go, oh no, no, don't ask questions. Yeah, right there that bothers me. <laughs> right there, is <laughs> you should know. I'm like, okay, I want to know now. Wait a minute. Yeah. Well, not yeah. I mean, like, yes, I want to know now, but like, you're telling me not to look. Yeah. You know, and when you tell a human not to look, they look. A lot of times so, I'm like,
1: are, what are you afraid of? Why don't you
0: want me to look at that? What are you afraid of? Yeah. Why are you so worried about me if I then go get caught by the devil, if that's your belief in mm-hmm. a demon? Don't worry about me. This is my own choice, my own decision. Stop treating people like they're children because mm-hmm. then now they act like them. Yeah. Well, you know, you're going to— The results, again, looking in society, uh, it's like, duh. I, I could see how the, the results came about. I really can see how people developed all of their— you know, dichotomies and paradigms and all that stuff. So like that's to me it's self-awareness, asking questions, it always relates back to our speculation, right? Yeah. And um to to end this little synchronicity uh piece here. Um this was my personal synchronicity. Now back probably in October maybe or just before the Bucks Super Bowl in 2021, we knew it was a 5 year and I kept seeing 5 everywhere. So I documented it. And this is my so we showed you some world stage synchronicity, here's some of my own that I documented. Uh, And Gio was following me along the whole whole journey. We, We couldn't shut up about it. So 2021 is a five year. Two plus zero plus two plus one, five, right? So Bucks win both of their Super Bowls on five years. And also the North Node both being in Gemini. 2021 is a five year, as I just counted. 2003 was the other year they won the Super Bowl. 2-0-0-3 Two zero zero three is five in numerology, and they you know and the, and these are both prominent years of defense and very similar vibes and all that. And we won the Super Bowl on those years with the same North Node as well. So it, during the season, um, Bucks ended up being the fifth seed in the twenty twenty one playoffs. Bucks win by five in the NFC Championship against the Packers, thirty one to twenty six. Bucks had five sacks in the NFC Championship. Bucs win uh, in the division round against the Saints, which the total score summed to five, 30 to 20. They won the Super Bowl on February 7th, 2021, which equals a five-day in numerology, adding the uh, the two, the seven, and then 2021. Uh, okay, Brady was pressured five times in the Super Bowl. Brady earned his fifth Super Bowl MVP. Bucs were the fifth uh, seed in the wild card. Bucs lost only five times in the 2021 season. Super Bowl 55 itself, two fives. Uh, five plus five is all, also 10, and that was Brady's 10th Super Bowl. I'm a five, by the way, in numerology. And I have a lot of numerology and gematria connections to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I'm going to say a few. But I'm a five, and my cell salt as a Gemini is Cali Murr, which is also cell salt number five. NFC Championship was won by the Bucks on my mom's birthday. That was very interesting to me, too, because there was a lot of significant days in my life last year that things happened where there were big connections. Uh, I had a dream around April, May of 2022, foreshadowing a game between the Bucs and the Packers. And I still remember it. I remember running down like this slanted road. And at the end of the road was a a game and I was running to see what the game was. And it was the Packers and the Bucs. And this was in April, May. So it was about a year almost before that that game. Hmm. Um, All three Tampa teams that year, 2021, went to the championships in the three biggest sports, um, which was the Tampa Bay Rays who went to the World Series and they did lose. You had the Tampa Bay Lightning, which went to the, cup, the Stanley Cup. They won. And then you had the Tampa Bay Bucks, who played in Tampa Bay and won the Super Bowl at first home team uh, win in a Super Bowl. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays is the baseball game or baseball team in this area. And uh, my name's Ray. Uh, Raymond James Stadium is the Bucks Stadium. And my, I, my name is Raymond Harold. But my original name before my dad changed it was Raymond James. I picked the Bucks at a point where I didn't know the name of their stadium. I was eight years old, and that ended up being my name as their stadium. Bucks equals 37 in Gematria, and they won Super Bowl 37 in the year 2003 on a five year. Brady uh, with that win was seven and three in Super Bowls. Tampa, Florida equals 73 in Gematria. Uh, this was something I didn't hear many people push out, but the Chiefs and the Bucks actually represented Matrix Code of us, of real history. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Columbus, yeah. Pirates, coming in and stealing the country and the Chiefs yeah. were the champions the, the year before so we came in and stole what they owned. Yeah. Right? Thought that was pretty funny. Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback of the Chiefs is 62 in Gematria with the loss to the Bucks. was now 6-2 and two in the postseason and also the Buccaneers equals 62 in Gematria. And then to add my last thing, which is awesome. I love this. One of my favorite parts is so my favorite movies, Pirates of the Caribbean. This is what led me to be a Bucks fan when I was a kid. The last Pirates of the Caribbean movie that came out was On My Birthday, May 26, 2017. And the main premise involved following the stars. And they actually end the movie with a quote of just follow the stars.
1: Hmm. Wow. It's it's, it's, unbe- it's, it's almost unbelievable, but it's but it's not especially when you view it from the sense of our logical mind wants to wrap around some sort of reasoning that's so, you know, materialistic or superficial. But in the end of the day, there's something about the essence of who knows, we can say maybe it's something about pirates or the seas or something along that, that has some sort of frequency that gets back to some sort of element uh, when it comes back to some sort of form, you know, in that way. And you know, we kind of, you know, if you look from down to ourselves in these moments, it's just, it's part of that emanation. That's all it could be. And that emanation is so vast and so big and in that there's, you know, denser parts of it and more concentrated parts of it. And there's parts of it that are going to have like these single down synchronicities to what you just even explained of it relating to you as well.
0: Right. So those are personal synchronicities that happened. And once I had opened up the door, opened up the frequency, I noticed the pattern. And this was me from knowing astrology and numerology and learning just how to use the divination tools and then seeking it out myself. A lot of those things came naturally. I wasn't looking. And it was amazing when it was happening because I'm like, Oh my god, another five! Oh my god, another five! I remember, I think I I also did that to you, right? Then I always yeah. like say, like, dude, I found another five, and it's just like what we're doing with thirty seven, which yeah. is funny thirty seven equals ten divide that by two is five, so that's like another yeah. thing. My favorite right? soccer so,
1: player was Alessandro Del Piero. He was ten.
0: There you go, double yeah. play, and so and you once again, I get it. You could you could call it coincidence. It's fine, but the thing is, is in my eyes you're missing out on a beautiful thing, a real yeah. function of the universe. And I do see it actually as a prerequisite and an understanding and understanding and necessity to understanding life, understanding life. And um, yeah, I mean, that it was amazing that it happened. I didn't plan any of that. I didn't make any of that up. If you listen back and you want to do- try and redocument, like, re- like fact check me, go right ahead and do it. Geo could vouch that I did yeah. it in real time last year. on the, I think on the uh, Age of Aquarius episode, um, I think it was number seven or around then, one of our first Mm -hmm. batch of podcast episodes. Yeah, I was hearing it
1: as it was being recorded and written down. You even were saying it and then you're like, you know what, I need to, I want to write this down to look back on.
0: Right, and I documented it. And not only did I do that, we recorded that uh, that yeah. day, and I said it on the podcast. So you can yeah. also go hear me predict the fact that Bucks are probably going to win the Super Bowl, and not only because I'm a Bucks fan. I know obviously everyone that watches knows mm-hmm. now because I'm always wearing the same sweatshirts. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And like I said, consider it a prerequisite in a way. It's a beautiful thing. It's a it's a useful tool. And then once you start understanding this is the way the universe works, you also can then start seeing the fact that astrology isn't so crazy.
1: No, exactly. It's, it it really is. It just, once again, just helps you to be able to really look at everything with just a new lens. Um, but you know, speaking of saying about the, um, you know, just watch the stars too. I mean, I want to bring it back to the whole astrology thing and even being able to transcend astrology too. Like I know that we had that, uh, I think it was episode seven where it was the science of astrology. And, you know, that was, you know, if you go back and listen to that episode, if you haven't, because that was a really good breakdown of understanding even the, the cosmic clocks in the sense of them actually being clocks. Um, and, you know, all these representations of uh, moments in time and snapshots in time through the astrological alignments, uh, but also seeing the statistics And our conscious awareness of these statistics um, and defining them to being able to put that with the stars as well. Um, But there was uh, something I um, had—anything you want to say on that? Because I'm just trying to pull up this page.
0: No, I mean, uh, get up the page. But I mean, to be honest, what I really just want to keep reiterating and really uh, getting people to understand— is all of this stuff we talk about and even when we ripped on manifestation, it's all real from our perspective when it comes to observation and speculating and it's it's all something. And it's a matter of, it goes back to like you're handed a tool. You know how to use it, right? And if we think we know how to swing a hammer when we've never done it before and we could really do some damage and we do that and then we make the damage and then we blame the tool itself for what we just did with the tool, yeah. then um you know we we have to really start considering the fact that we if we think in energy and vibration and frequency constantly in our daily life and not like think about it but have it as an is uh, this undertone to our life and the way we go about things, we'll start to see an improvement. And it, it, by me receiving all that synchronicity last year on a year that my dad passed away, by the way, mm. uh, meaning, well, like it was at the end of the season, uh, uh, of the football season, it was right to a little after. And I, I, so I count that as the same, like the football season in a way, as I'm doing all that stuff and I got crazy things going on. As I'm studying this, I had, I felt like I was um, being guided Right, I felt like the universe was on my side, and even though something bad or bad had happened in my life, something detrimental uh, to my state of mind for a little while. When you see this stuff, there's this feeling of that you're protected, that you're watched, that and in a good way, not a creepy way, but you're you're you know you're guided. And when you when you unlock that door, it does open up actually to a whole new realm of perspective, perception, and and mm-hmm. the way you go about your life.
1: Yeah, and that just opens up room for you know possibilities you know and the acceptance of wow things are possible right rather than constantly just feeling like ah who am i kidding and <laughs> i am i i know that you are too or have been at one point in life and i know that i have definitely been very much so in part of my growing up process um has been that very cynical doubtful type nature um and then wondering why shit doesn't go a certain way or you know the ability to try to put it the blame on something or someone else um yeah that doesn't help so once you learn to eliminate that feeling of impossibility you and you see the possibility through these certain uh occurrences and ways of looking at things it it does it opens it up and you do start actually opening the door to some some types of manifestation
0: yeah and you and you remove a lot of things from the mirror yeah. which will make you very happy mm
1: I think that's I, could, I could
0: vouch for that. Yeah. Once you say, when you, once you gain a certain uh, uh, amount of knowledge and, and awareness and consciousness, and you see that the universe is speaking to you in a more polite manner, kind of giving you more things that are for your development and for your evolution, mm-hmm. or at least it was always doing that, but now it's on a point where you are on the up spiral opposed to the, the downward one. Once you change that momentum and you get beyond the point, it would take something extremely devastating to knock. I think once you get to a point, you're good. Yeah. you know like once you've reached a point of transcendence that it, it, it would take like you know someone to beat me over the head with a bat and make me forget all this th- stuff and even who knows maybe my soul would even still know right because at this point it, there is a knowing it, it, it is true uh that w- once you unlock this it's a beautiful thing it's yeah. a beautiful life and then you want to help people
1: mm-hmm. absolutely i mean it's it it really it really is eye, eye opening in that sense um but yeah so we were talking about now with that same mindset uh that mind concept um you know we were talking about astrology right and it's like how does astrology factor into this and that is part of the occult and i think we'll be able to get that understanding of maybe some you know you could go into whatever type of uh specific symbolism or ritual type thing uh, while understanding something in this way too and what we've been saying to apply it to those things as well uh, they may just have different ways of being perceived but I want to bring this up because this is something that um I was you know hearing something that Rick Levine uh had had said and I just kind of built off it because it made a lot of sense with how we're even uh, talking about things so um you know when talking about like, all these different types of, uh, you know, things like astrology or predictive methods, intuitive stuff as well. And stuff, there is this, uh, way of thinking at it, that it almost had, that it it's attributing specifically through it, the power. Um, so I'm just going to read what it says here. Some, Mm -hmm. some are using the methods of discovering the predictive elements of astrology, which, may many times be misguided. But how we are explaining it and how many astrologers interpret is by discovering the nature of the universe, the harmonic ratios of the cosmos and the psychological, spiritual, and metaphysical and physical developments in comparison in relation to nature. Um So we, a lot of the times we think that The Zodiac, there's a misconception of that, that it's the actual Zodiacs themselves and the constellations that are providing this energy, which who knows, they may be. Um, But when trying to give the real validity of, of astrology, it's best to think of there's a 360 that encompasses us, right? 360 degrees that encompasses us, and there is ways of dividing up this space, um, and how it collapses from this 360 space into the center point, which can be us or the zero singular point of consciousness, all of that. So in that sense, the zodiac itself as a conscious concept is a man-made construction. You know, That's why when people you know, want to throw in the 13th sign and stuff too, like the 13th sign is just a makeup of Sagittarius, uh, the, of the constellation Sagittarius, and um and Scorpio, but I mean there is a whole mythological story behind it which is absolutely interesting and really breaks down understanding Scorpio in a new sense too. Um, which I think we're gonna have a talk with that astrologer Amanda from uh um magic mindfulness or something like that. Um yeah, That's she has, she has a she has, she has a magic great great you know, she has a great analysis on Ophiuchus, which I wanted so hard with my own thinking and how I'm fixed in certain things to combat it. Um, But there's, I'm not going to give it up, but there's a lot to it that uh, that really kind of gets the juices going and you can accept certain things. Um, But yeah, so the Zodiac looks like the tropical Zodiac is partially based on the equinoxes and the solstices, which are objectively occurring phenomenon, but the interpretation is filtered through humans. So First of all, we get the names of the zodiac and astrology through the names of the constellations, their actual space, those constellation space in the sky aren't necessarily the uh, spaces of the zodiacs in astrology. You know what I'm saying? That's why it's not, that's why sometimes you could look and see in the sun, you know, we're in Gemini and stuff, but it looks like it's in the constellation of Cancer or something like that. It's because we're not going based off of that. We're going based off of a divine harmonic mathematics of dividing up the sky.
0: And and can I interject? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I feel like the tropical zodiac is meant for everything local. And then when it comes to the sidereal, which is what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. where if you actually look up in the sky right now and the sun's not in, say, Aquarius, it's processed. Mm -hmm. The procession of the equinox and all that and and, and the sidereal approach, I think it just has a different assessment to it Mm -hmm. and a different application to it. I was just thinking that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we have to just keep that in mind as well. So it also doesn't deny the fact that people think there's a 13th sign. It doesn't deny the fact, you know, even though what you're about to say really kind of, to me, proves uh, on a more logical basis that 13 just wouldn't work and that there is a reason for the 13th. There is a reason. There's 13 months in the lunar cycle. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, once uh, Jesus is the 13th because of his disciples, 12, and then Jesus, so there is this, Ascension process, I think that has to do with a lot with 13. But anyway, Hmm. sorry, carry on. That's just my. That's what I'm saying.
1: Like, I'll leave the conversation for when we do this talk with Amanda. Right, right, right. uh, Because this is how I saw it. Because I told her too, I was like, I'm a denier of this 13 sign thing. But for certain reasons, um, which now I know how she explained it by listening to the podcast that she did, the Lightworker series and Unexplained, um, she broke it down and she even went to the mythology of Ophiuchus. So in my sense, there's an energetic way of using that and understanding that and to also sure. see a deeper part of the archetype of Scorpio uh, and also Sagittarius. But you have to be able to look at it from that sense. It doesn't mean that it changes the Zodiacs though. That's my opinion right. though. It does yeah. not change what you are. And I think that's her opinion too, but we'll, we'll see when we have that talk. So stay tuned sure. to that. So, but when you think about this circle, you think about the division of it into, uh, into four, because we have the four seasons, right? So it's divided into four, you have the four seasons, um, and each one has a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? And Santos has constantly talked about this movement of how we use the zodiac, that it's basically just the movement of energy and the wave in that sort of sense, uh, electromagnetism, all of that. Um, I've also explained about you have the generative part of the energy, the conserved part of the energy, the corruption and the destruction of it as it moves through, um, which I mean, corruption, yeah, destruction. But when I say destruction, it just moves into another uh it moves into another energetic form. And death, rebirth. Yes, exactly. Um, So you have the beginning, middle, middle and end. So therefore the four seasons times the three is 12. And that's what makes up this nice uh, mathematic of it. There's not 12 constellations up in the sky. It's that there's 12 constellations within the psyche, which we have developed. They are regroupings that humans have put together in their mind. So I'm just going to keep reading because I think it pretty much explains it. Yeah. So we're almost linking up our psyche through many who have walked this earth um, and consciously given meaning and understanding in how we interpret things through our mental exploration of the cosmos, the exploration of the seasons, what they uh, express in their own nature of what they are, and how we make that relation towards uh, towards uh, you know the the breakdowns of our influence through it. You know, think about when it's springtime and, you know, it's raining a lot and, you know, it's almost warm, but it's not warm. It could be, you know, a little warm and wet or something in that sort of sense. You know, the rain can, you know, make you feel a certain way or the sunshine makes you feel a certain way and stuff. And we could think about those types of expressions. And now we dwindle it down to all these specific meanings under those expressions, right? Which would almost be those individual frequencies as well within the the overall frequency yeah. so it's like we're connecting to a bluetooth de- device and transferring and uploading data from our mm. minds and consciousness to the cosmos hard drive
0: mm-hmm. so it's
1: this back and forth thing that's going on the observation of these parts of the sky that we're almost storing this information on these parts of the sky and uh, how it, yeah i <laughs> uh, bless that
0: Said and how. I think it's little rascals.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It also can deliver data to us, but there's levels of awareness and deeper, more detailed introspective that can be done both within our minds and the cosmos. That's why there are more than just the seven planets of astrology and more than 12 constellations, asteroids, fixed stars, lots, and so on. We can also refine and get more detailed if we really want to, but it's not always necessary like we've been saying before. Uh, And also the question is with some of those more detailed or minor aspects is, is there enough statistical data to support the interpretations of some of these because is there enough collective awareness of these celestial objects and their detailed expressions or these um, divisions and these spaces uh, within our observation? Do we have enough collective information that we've processed through it? Um, or is it just, you know, the, that's why some of the things like maybe looking at Chiron, Chiron's fairly, uh, an, you know, fairly newly discovered asteroid. It has, this, you know, it's what, 2003 or something like that?
0: Uh, no, I, I want to say it was actually the seventies or eighties when it was in A- Aries. Whenever you know it was saying, last it was, in Aries. When it was discovered. Was it that late?
1: I think it was 2003 it was discovered. Either huh. that or that's Ceres. Okay. Series.
0: No, no, either one. I do remember yeah. though someone, you know what, or maybe it was discovered in 2003. We'll have to look this up. Yeah, like we'll definitely we'll def- look like um, this up. But uh, um, it was definitely hmm. discovered recently. And then I know that uh, David Palmer was using the whole, back in the 1970s, he knew, they like through the cycles and now we know the timing of its mm-hmm. transits and all that, that we knew it was in Aries. And that's where it is now. And that's why I know that because we yeah. knew it was back uh, in okay. But it might've been discovered in 2003, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, as far yeah, as far as its discovery, but the, the, what I'm yeah, saying-
0: we can, we can backtrack. So yeah, we'll that's back-track why it's that possible, time. yeah. Um, no, no, no. Meaning like with uh, finding Chiron, if we found it in 2003, even though he talked about it in the 70s, we uh, could yeah. do that with all the, play, you know what I'm saying? So oh, it is potentially found there. But we'll fact check. Go yeah.
1: So when it comes down to the fact that we we have this observation of it, we see it's, you know, it's movement. We're calculating its movement. It's uh, the the ways that it kind of operates and everything. And that's how we kind of interpret, uh, say, an astrological archetypal uh instruction from it connected with some sort of mythology as well and stuff too, which has uh, also its own deeper allegorical understanding and alchemical understanding too. There's all that process and its element, uh, even where it is closer to certain stars or other planets or the sun, whatever it may be. Um, but the thing is, if it's a more recent discovery and we're observing it and we're giving meaning and detail to it, um, when we start going further and keep detailing it, it may not necessarily be that because we don't have enough data to support it. We don't have enough occurrences. That's why you see with a lot of athletes, you know, we've known Mars has been around for a long, long time and we've seen and have enough data to say that, you know, a lot of athletes have predominant Mars placements. You know what I mean? They have very, very specific, you know, very specific Mars placements, most, uh, most athletes as well. Uh, so it's the same thing as like, well, we will achieve more of a better understanding of Chiron as we keep going through it and observing it and testing out the data with, uh, within it. So, um, where was I at? Um, so, is there enough statistical data to support the interpretations of some of these? Because there isn't enough collective awareness of these celestial objects. So, validity is really just a question of how deep can the mind and intuition analyze something, and then test that analyzation as well um, of how f- the frequency of it, how frequently it comes about in this sure. specific placement or snapshot in the sky, mm-hmm. um, and then the aspects on harmonics are one and the same when it comes to astrology. Uh, I think we spoke on that. We were already speaking on that a little bit. Um, I came up with this with you know, and I, 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 you know, we'll go back into how when I asked you about this ray uh, of looking at the zodiacal wheel that it's almost like a fretboard, a fretboard of a guitar or a keyboard. Each fret, And I think we changed that to it could also be something else, and I'll let you digress on that um, mm. through this, but. Uh, Each fret can be represented by the houses while the signs can be the base frequency notes. And then the planets are the quality and the speed of the um, pressing of the strings or keys and the aspects are the ratios or octaves of the notes being played. So it's a one way, especially if you're looking at it Mm. as like astrology and the aspects and its influence when you look at it almost like harmonics. We get certain notes that are played through instruments as well. It develops a vibration that we could even look at the form and the shape that it makes through its own frequency and its wave. Um, and then we also know how it makes us feel and how that feeling produces a type of thought or a belief or an action.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. De- honestly, in its own right, and it's in, in that uh, comparison and metaphor. That works because you got to the point, right? It's Mm -hmm. a great explanation. There's there's nothing wrong with that. Now, if I had to give my own reiteration of it, I would say that you have twelve keys in -hmm. music, so twelve zodiac, twelve keys, and then the planets are like the instrument being strummed, yes, passing through each key, and sometimes keys are dissonant.
1: Hmm. You
0: know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes, or and you could even see, you could say notes. The 12 chromatic and harmonic notes, which I mean, but I would rather use keys. So some keys work, some keys don't with each other. And then sometimes they make a nasty sound, a dissonant sound. Sometimes it makes a very enlightening and very positive sound. Mm-hmm. So um, the color of the keys and then the planets being the instruments going through them and how those instruments harmonize within each other mm. going through the keys yeah. will then harmonize as well. But regardless of that, th- that's just another metaphor mm-hmm. where this one is also proper. Yeah, But
1: regardless, regardless, and I like that explanation probably a little bit more. This is why I'm, you know, I'm not a musician, <laughs> you know, that. see, you have a deeper understanding of music and now intertwining that understanding and how it reflects. Imagine if you didn't understand some of the things that we were just talking about in this podcast. Imagine being a musician and being it being related to you in this way. You're going to have a deeper resonance with right. it. You're really going to be able to see in that sort of way, and that allows for it to come in, sink in, have this inner knowing, play with it as well, and try to see it through. Well, if it applies to this, does it apply to this thing as well? And then you could see also what's organic or what's synthetic through that sense too, and you can align yourself through that. That's, that's one of the biggest importances I think of finding when people want to say the validity of astrology and like, or that it's bullshit or they don't believe it. Like, I love what Rick said when it comes down to somebody being like, oh, I don't believe astrology. I don't believe in that. Responding to them with, oh, I don't believe in that either. I don't believe in astrology either. And they're like, wait, what? Like, I don't believe in the astrology that you believe in, that you think that I believe in. It's the same thing with God. When I say yeah, oh, yeah someone I said in God. that.
0: That's why I was about to say yeah.
1: Someone said that.
0: Right. Yeah, someone said, was I don't believe in God. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I'm, I don't believe in. Oh, I think it was Rick. Yeah, it was said, Rick. Said, it was Rick. Right, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He said both. he was like yeah. I don't,
1: you know, I don't believe in that God either. I don't believe in God either. I don't believe in the God in which you think that I believe in. It's it's a lot. It's a lot more than just the uh generalized uh archetype, uh, like archonic. uh ty- No, it's it's there's a deeper and there's a logic to it there's a realistic logic to what it is when i when when observing this
0: yeah, in that sort we, of way we started at daily horoscopes like everybody else yep. and when you when you look at it that way of course you're not going to believe it's bullshit when you're telling every gemini or taurus on the planet that they're going to get laid this this month or that they're going to get married or that they're going yeah. to make a lot of money of course that's propaganda of course it's nonsense but what i like the point you made and i like this and this everyone should take something from this is that using speaking other people's language, right? So, and that's the beauty of using right-brained symbolic language. And that's why the universe, right? Symbolic language is universal. That if I speak English and someone speaks Latin or German, but you show them a picture of something, of a guitar or of anything, a symbol... We could agree, we can go, yeah, it yeah, you know, doesn't matter what you call it. We know what that is, right? So, and I think that's the importance of analogies and also allegories. So then now relating it back to the Bible and scriptures and all this stuff is why they taught and told these stories, because you can change the language of each of the stories, but if told properly, and it kept the elements of the stories, and you use the symbols of a mountain and a, you know, like if the word father in the Bible actually relates to the mind opposed hmm. to the actual guy, there's a guy. You know, if you learn to see this stuff in symbolic language, it's like what you're doing with that, right? A, a musician might not have the language and, and the information bank to understand astrology on certain levels because they don't speak that, that language. But if you show someone in an analogy and speak in the language they know, and the sim- symbolism being this universal one, you could get to the point real quick and teach people real quick.
1: Yeah, it's and that's and that's where I think we miss the mark. Not saying everybody does, but a lot of the communities of which we speak about, whether they're the astrological, spiritual, uh, you know, more conspiracy, conspiracy or fringe topic or whatever it may shoot be, videos. Yeah, yeah, they miss they miss the mark on what they can deliver more, how they can be an asset because
0: they are opening that door. Um. Yeah. Who was that guy, Cliff? Something. Um, um he was on Tripoli's show and I liked his work and he was great, but he was talking about patterns on a timeline. Oh, I predict this, I predict that. And he even gave astrology some credit, but there was also some things he said where he was missing the mark. I don't I, I shouldn't even have brought it up because I don't have the mm-hmm. example, but he said something and I'm like, man, I'm like 90% of everything you've been shown was great, and then you kind of like diluted it with this. More logical, less mystical side to things. I forget, I you know, and I might even be being wrong about that, but I I do remember for some reason when I was like listening, I'm real in tune, and it's really open minded discussion. and He's getting making great points about patterns, perceptions, ca- the calendar, and repeating things and stuff. And then he said it like one thing, and I'm like ah, I'm like that's don't say that to people because you're you're you know. But I'll have to go back and 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 grab that for the the next talk we do so I can mm-hmm. cover my ass on this. But yeah, I, it it really is. Um, is something that needs to shift and change. And if there was a point that we were at in the truth community, it's this. You know, it's changing the way we think about things. It's how we think. It's not what we think. It's how we think.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, it kind of reminded me of what you were said with that whole
0: thing about the mind
1: being the father. And it's, once again, it's breaking down that what would be considered the divine masculine, divine feminine energy that's within all things and how it cooperates together and stuff and how we have that still within us as well. Sure, there's one that's probably more predominant than the other. This is why we have the expression in the genders that we have. But um, when you even think about it, um, I think this was, I think Bill had explained it this way. He broke it down that in Hebrew, father was uh, of A H uh, V. But it was just, it was just almost like when I heard it the way it was, where it was like, one was the sound and the expression of father was ah, and then mother was um. So it's like, once right, again, yeah. you're seeing that too. And that also comes down to the atum, atom, the atom right.
0: as well. An atom in the Bible, the yeah. atom itself—you yeah. know, the splitting of the atom, being it the rib, being on. taken out—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's a language the Matrix speaks and just has different ways of expressing it through different symbols, but that are relatable mm-hmm. in a way so that it could be passed through time because because words can change, things can change, but there's one thing that doesn't change and is is. is is the, the, hmm. the symbols of this place. The interpretations can change, hmm. but that's why the initiates and that's why people in, in secret societies and, and stuff like that, there's a training to go through to see things properly. And they are documented and the correct way to see it is only given to those people who are willing to be initiated, which means hmm. step out of your indoctrination.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, that's why we're saying take a look and think on even what, how Tesla said it. Once you start thinking in frequency and vibration, you will understand the universe because light and, and, and sound is vibrations there's spectrums to it, you know, not just our light spectrum of what we can see. There's x-rays, there's gamma rays, uh, radiation, all these different types of lights. And it carries information. And that's what, and it's our brain that when the light comes in at a specific angle and the back end of our retina, it's it's displaying and creating an imbi- image and a symbology that's going through the filter of our consciousness that's putting definition to it and sort of understanding what, what does this thing bring? Is it burned? Is it hot? Can it kill me? You know what I mean? So it's ditch, right. really looking and reflecting in all ways in that, in that type of sense.
0: Yeah. yeah. And uh, we are coming up on two hours, 40 minutes. So we'll probably mm-hmm. be closing this out. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're looking to be back on the once a week train, at least for the podcast and having more content. So we'll, mm-hmm. uh, we'll let you guys know what we're doing before we end this episode. But um, just to, to cap off the astrological stuff, and, and Gio's presentation was awesome and I absolutely agree. That this was kind of, it's um, philosophically put, uh, it's its meaning, astrology. So, and I'm gonna read off from uh, my PDF here as well. So, when the child utters the first cry, it takes into its body the life breath charged with the vibrations manifesting that day and that hour at that particular spot on the earth. Astrology is not fatalism. The birth chart indicates certain physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual tendencies with which the person is endowed at birth. The blueprint shows what the soul has on its spiritual ledger, the debits and credits. One of my favorite parts, like points. Mm. Uh, It truly is a spiritual science. Not for the logic for the spirit. So this is the right use of astrology. The person who studies from this point of view draws increasingly from the higher side of planetary forces, develops his intuition and finds himself more and more able to interpret these forces correctly in terms of life and energy. Such as uh, such a study trains the student in perceiving realities behind forms. Astrology deals with symbols and the soul speaks and thinks in symbols. The information of symbols is a necessary faculty for every spiritual student to develop. In planes beyond the earth, uh, oh, in planes beyond the earth. Sorry. Everything must be understood through symbols uh, for language is of the material plane only. Once you transcend the earth plane, you must read by inner perception and understanding. The study of psychological astrology prepares the student for higher planes of greater glory and power. Astrology involves relationships between larger universe, uh, the larger universe outside you and the personal universe within. The same energies that function in your personal universe function in the larger one out there. The blueprint we call the horoscope or the bl- or a birth chart plots the energies that flow in your magnetic field. At the moment of birth you took into your body with that first breath, the vibrations manifested on that day and time at that particular spot on earth. This basic pattern goes with you throughout your life. Hmm. Wow. wow.
1: I mean, it's just the, that deeper insight of it just really, it, you see how it turns into a logical uh, way when you really need it to be, and in order to break down the fundamentals of our lives and reality, and how we wanna, how we wanna move through it and process.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So, I really think that that does cap it off. Is there anything mm-hmm. else you wanted to say? No, that's we it. Off? I mean, any well, call to arms or anything. Ah,
1: uh, yeah. I mean, definitely. Just like let us know what you think about um, even a lot of what we explained. Whether you agree, a disagree, um, any sort of added notation to it as well. Uh, things that you want to hear us more specifically get into um, as far as everyday things, even if it's a a current event, something that's going on. um, I know we kind of broaden the spectrum and show that it's for everything. But if you need that detailed part of it, you know, obviously reach out, comment down below. And, you know, or you want to email us at the dailytranscendence.com. And yeah, just make sure, follow us, subscribe, hit the like button as well. Helps with the algorithm. And uh, there's a lot more to come from this as well. You know, definitely want to uh, do a video getting into the energies and themes of, you know, currently right now, a little bit of, you know, the year, but uh, right now in the next month or two or so. So that be on the lookout
0: for that as well. And yeah, that's about it. Yep, and uh, look forward to presentations, more types, uh, different types of content. We're gonna hit on all the social media platforms. We've been saying this for a a while, but we're doing this ourselves. And there's just a lot to cover. This there's a this is a large area. There's so many, but we want to start creating more of a, a community with other truthers as well. Have more guests on. Create different types of videos that are more presentable in a, in a sense of presentation, um, uh, showing you guys more facts, not just having us on screen as well. And so we're going to try and hit the mark with with as as much of the social media platforms as we can. So look for an expansion in that area. Uh, don't be afraid to engage with us. Don't be afraid to even debate with us. It doesn't matter to us. We are here to expand our mind and consciousness mm-hmm. and help humanity in itself. And if it takes us being told that we were wrong, or maybe we should change the way we, we look at things and all of that, that's what we're doing this for. We're not doing mm-hmm. this to preach. We're not doing this to be some diplomatic occult, uh, cult leader. We're not doing this for just our channel. We're doing it for the love of it, of the knowledge of God, of the universe itself, and for humanity. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate your time. We appreciate your patience. And uh, we hope to have a a very enlightening and transcendental year. And we mm-hmm. look forward to it. And till next time.